Can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Hammer down to Bassentown. We're back. We're back, Ryan Cook. We are back, baby. Yeah, and sorry, if everybody. I didn't, I didn't really make like a. I didn't really tell anybody that I was going to take last week off. I uh, this podcast is going to be a, a wrap up of the Clear Lake Wild West. I was fortunate enough to go up there and spend a couple days practicing and and competing in that. So uh, we've got a good one here. We've got um, co angler champ uh, Mike Peterson and uh, and pro champ Christian Ostrander. Hammered it. Right on down. Hammered it to right on down. Yeah, man. I mean, that guy, we're going to talk to him, but man, I saw him out there during practice and you know what? He's like, he's probably one of the most upbeat dudes. Like, I think you got to the amount of time he spends on the water, but man, he's just like, he's always got a great attitude. He's always going after it. He's always having fun. I think, I mean, that I would say that's probably a part of why he's so successful. The kid literally loves to fish more than anybody I've probably ever met in my life. I mean, I I love to fish, obviously. I I don't think anybody like loves to fish more than him. I mean, we I don't know if we talked about it last time, but he was I got buddies, you know, that that knew him back when he was 13, 14 years old, you know, like and he'd ride his bike literally like 15 miles down to the river every day just to go practice stuff. So um oh, it was cool to see him win this one. And he didn't he didn't just you know, like, oh, it was a squeaker. Like, it, it was like a mic drop at the end. Like, it was. He was he on. He won it in, 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 what's it called? Heavy fashion, Joel, or? In sporting fashion. I don't know. Yeah, something he, like he, that. He, 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 had the, he put the hammer down, and he didn't let up. I mean, he, he fished great, you know, all three days. So, I'm looking forward to yeah. talking to him and, and kind of hoping that he'll give us a little bit of, uh, a little bit of the juice and why he was so successful because uh, there were guys that. I mean, look at Keith Herney on day one, man, had a huge bag, one of the biggest bags of the tournament, and it was in first place. And then the next day, just couldn't put it together. And that happened to a lot of guys. It just that the bite changed. And um, those those fish have fins and they can move. That's right. That's right. So that's what we're doing. Uh, we're, this one hopefully is going to be a little longer. Like I said, we've got we've got two guests. And then also uh, we got a, I had a. Um, a guest co-co-host, uh, Jamie Afissimo, who who I stayed with um, on Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, him and his family, and um, he's he's a really good co-angler as well. He took top ten at Shasta this year, and I believe it was fourteenth or seventeenth, top twenty for sure in this one. So um, he was right there. So it was it was a lot of fun talking with him and, and Mike, and um, this is going to be great talking to to Christian with you, my my man. Yeah, your co co host now. Who? I'm gonna put in my two week notice. <laughs> I meant co like co angler co host. I know what you're saying. Yeah. No, I'm I'm glad you guys were able to do that one. That's cool. And I'm curious to see well, I haven't obviously I haven't obviously listened to it yet. So that one I'm probably for sure gonna listen yeah. to. We're gonna package this all together and uh <clears throat> yeah, it's gonna be fun. It was cool like it was cool getting out there and actually experiencing this stuff so I can talk about it a little bit with a little bit more um insight you know it was like kind of like being an outsider in this thing and mm-hmm. man it was fun though like just a really cool like atmosphere tournaments just really well run um how many times did people come up to you 
Just a couple. Be but like, you're Joel from the Bass Report. Just a couple, and like I put my head down and and <laughs> like tried to get away as quickly as possible. It's like don't don't look up my results. You're I got I got my I got my I got my butt kicked, but um, but man, it, it was worth it. You know, we all get served a big old slice of humble pie from time to time, bud. I did. You know, I came in with no preconceptions, so I wasn't too heartbroken, and uh, yeah, just had fun. It was it was cool. But let's do the get the business out of the way here. So, big thanks as always, Phoenix Rods, uh, Cowdy Bait and Tackle, Stage Top Gun Shop, and get ten percent off Phoenix Rods at both of those fine establishments uh, if you're a Patreon member. So, um, and this month we've got a great giveaway. Um, our man Bob Bob Rios Lawrence um, hooked us up with a with a hand paint hand paint Sneaky Pete. Um, and big thanks to, to G rat baits as well. They're going to be hooking us up with baits, um, here for the next several months to give away in these as well. And this one just so happens to be a, to be a really sweet paint job by, by Rios. And we've got spear point hooks as always helping us out. Um, hashtag quit losing fish, <laughs> quit losing fish. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, I saw, I saw art out there. He had a, he had a rough one. He had, uh, he had an alternator issue on his boat, and so it, it was just a tough one for him. But I mean, and he had put him. together a, a bag pre-fishing, like he did. He found some cool stuff. Yeah, he was he was definitely on him, um, like a lot of guys were in practice. And uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. I saw a lot of saw a lot of boat issues, man. That's just that's just a part of the game. Um, yeah, you know, we were fishing around Wayne Brazil, and he was just absolutely murdering them, and then had you know all of his electronics go out. So couldn't start his motor, like nothing. And it was like, it was pretty amazing to watch this guy fish because he was just putting on a clinic on day one, first thing in the morning. But it sucks to see that. And then guys all over him. And then you get an issue like that with your boat. And that's just one, one of the curveballs that can be thrown your way. Um, There's too many moving parts all over those things. It is very complex. So yeah, we got that. Um, I think that covers all of the Patreon stuff. Uh, if you want to become a Patreon, you can find it on our Instagram page, The Bass Report, um, or you can go to thebass.report on the web, um, and all of the links to everything is there. If you want to leave a, a recording, a question, or anything like that, no one's taken us up on that yet, so um, if you guys want to do that, you can. It's up there. Stage Stop Gun Shop is hiring. Anybody who wants to... Yes, they are. ...wants to sling some some iron um they're looking for salespeople, correct yeah super cool place to work it's here in atwater if you guys don't know about it um if anybody's out there looking for a job you know that that wants a cool atmosphere go work around some great people um go down to atwater stage stop go see joey verna he's the owner or my beautiful fiance diana and um they'll get you an application and yeah um it, it really is a fun place to work and you get to, you know, have some cool perks of the jobs with fishing discounts and free range, all that kind of fun stuff. Yes. The Ed Lacey is moving up on us quickly. It is coming upon us. A lot of cool stuff, a lot of cool raffle prizes, giveaway, stuff like that. Um, yeah, everything's looking like it's 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 shaping up. I can't wait. Um, looks like I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fishing with your guy Bob Zhang. Me and him 
linked up. So uh, Austin can't the Zangenator. Austin can't fish with me, and it was funny that you you posted that because I was I was about to start uh, putting feelers out for um, for someone to to jump on and fish with me. So it worked out well. Bob Zang's the one that that stuck the seven and the eight um, on the big baits with me a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So the guys. He's definitely uh, an asset for sure. He can catch him, and you'll have. He's just super cool guy. Like you'll you'll be laughing your ass off. He's cool as hell. Right on. I'm <clears> looking <throat> forward to it. So, uh, um, as far as the Ed Lacey goes, just just a quick heads up. So uh, again, it's going to be um, we're going out of Fleming Meadows, Lake Don Pedro, April second. Uh, not this Saturday, but next. We're going to start check ins at four a.m. in the morning. Four a.m. obviously is in the morning. Um, we're going to blast off whatever I feel like safe light is. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what time that's going to be. Um, try to bring cash, but we also will be able to take Venmo or a check if you have to. Um, ideally, cash is best. Well, I, I guess cash or Venmo, it doesn't matter. Um, and bring some extra cash for the raffle. We're doing a raffle and an auction. So, um, yeah, just bring a pocket full of cash. And if you don't see something you like, you take it home with you. Sounds good to me. Sounds like a plan. Stan. Stan. Our our Delta, our little Delta meetup uh, turkey shoot, uh, unfortunately, I got to push that back uh, to the 30th. Um, Me planning ahead uh, didn't take into consideration my son's soccer schedule. So um, I'm going to do the Ed Lacey, but I I can't miss two soccer games in a row. So. Uh, we are going to go for the 30th. That's when Ryan had some availability. I think it'll be good. We'll, we'll be in, uh, in hopefully in top water mode at that point. So, um, yeah, be able to throw all kinds of different stuff out there on the Delta and I'll have, uh, should have the hats, uh, in by then I'm supposed to have those mid April. So I can bring those out there. And if anybody wants to buy a hat, you could forego the shipping and I'll have them out there. Who doesn't like fry garters, fry garters. Yes. I, I just, I picture like. A sexy piece of lingerie made of fries. When <laughs> <laughs> you say fry car, <laughs> you're you're good, you're good. I don't know where that one came from, but <laughs> I'm gonna, no, that, dude. I'm no, totally I, gonna Photoshop I get it. a, fry a garter, garter made of fries. Fry garter. <laughs> I'm gonna make a shirt. This is gonna be a garter. <laughs> sounds amazing. <laughs> sounds amazing. <laughs> Tasty garter. I dude, Well, now I got a McDonald's. Anyway, right? <laughs> now I got a McDonald's like symbol on the garter with fries. It's red and yellow with fries dangling yeah. from it. <laughs> you had to say dangling. Silly. No, there's a lot of dangles going on. Dangle, dangling. Angle of the dangle. I used to love Lieutenant Dangle on um, Reno 911. That oh, guy yeah. was amazing. New boot goofing. <laughs> New boot goofing. <laughs> Genuine ostrich for payments. <laughs> Zapat, what was it? Zapat, it's a, it's a Zapateria. What was it? Um, it's, it's so it's Zapateria Bailarina or something like that. That was the name of the <laughs> store that he buys them at. How do we get here? I'm just goofing. Just new boot, just new boot goofing. All right. Oh, so we got Christian. I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and, and, uh, and shoot him a message. Why don't you give us a breakdown? Because it's been a couple weeks. What has been going on on that dang old mother load? Dude. So, um, yeah, overall the bite's been fun. Um, today I had a guy out, uh, 
wanted to learn how to bed fish. There's still not a whole bunch of fish up. There are some. Um, so we spent the day doing that, showed him the ropes. He got to practice on some bed fish. You know, he ended up catching, I don't know, six or seven. You know, he definitely lost a few. We worked on some mechanical stuff, but uh, that was cool. Um, we, we were out on Pedro. I was on Pedro a couple days ago. The bite was, the bite on Pedro still definitely overall tougher. Um, we saw some better fish. We had some real solid ones two days ago. Um, we're, we're fishing just outside of spawning pockets um, in that 15 to 20 foot range. I've been dragging a Carolina rig around. I have my clients drag a Carolina rig around, I should say. Um, and then looking for a few fish on beds. Uh, <clears throat> there's still a lot of staging fish. I mean, there's still quite a few fish out in 40, 50 foot of water right now on Pedro and Maloney's for sure. Um, McClure, I have not been up there much. I've been up there... I think twice since our last podcast, a lot of fish shallow, um, all over the lake. The bite's not wide open. The bite's good. It's steady. We've been throwing a lot of plastics, a lot of Cinco's. If the wind kicks up, I'm throwing the Jolie special spinner bait, which I desperately need a couple more of. Um, I got them painted. I just got to, I just got to get the, uh, the old KBS on them. That's what I'm talking about. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds important. Um, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully these ones won't get as as beat up as quickly as the one you're currently throwing. Oh, that I told you, you don't even got to worry about painting the head. I don't care. That thing is mashed. That paint's coming off. If you're fishing in the right stuff, that paint's coming off anyway. Um, but yeah, the bite, um, the the bite's fun. It, it it hasn't busted wide open. Um, I expect it to. There's we still got a lot of fi- we got fish spawning. We got a lot of pre-spawn fish. Um, I, I honestly think we have, we have a few post spawners already. Um, it's been kind of a weird spring, but yeah. So I'm, if you're heading to the lakes this weekend, whichever lake you fish, there's definitely some fish shallow. Um, there's more fish out deeper still, you know, on your secondary points, um, your steep ledges leaning, leading into spawning pockets. There are some fish in the spawning pockets, uh, the one thing I could, and I know I, man, I say it all the time, but I've just, it's been like this the last two weeks, but unless you're looking and fishing, like you're seeing a fish or you're fishing while you're searching with the trolling motor, if you're, if you're just fishing right now, I mean, with the exception of, yeah, there's a spinnerbait bite and a rip bait bite if you get some wind, but if you don't have the wind, you, you got to go slow. I had guys out, um, two days ago on Pedro, like I said, and it was one of those deals the the fish wanted it drug and dead stuck just drag it a couple feet, dead stick it. And I looked back and they kept just shaking and shaking it and, and they struggled to catch them, you know? And then finally towards the end of the day, it always does. It clicks and they're like, okay, now I get it. So, um, I can't stress that enough though. Just if you're not getting bit, you got to slow down. It's just, you got to slow down. Slow down. Covers it. What was that? That's what I think that about covers. I got to go to Millerton yesterday. That was oh, cool. That's right. I wanted to talk to you about that. And so again, that, we spent that, most. You don't, you don't, you don't really head up that way. But somebody wanted you to go up there and kind of show them the ropes. And... Yeah, well, not show them the ropes. It's a lake he fishes. Yeah. Well, how quite a how bit. you would break it down, right? Yeah, but it's you know it's always it it's good to get a fresh set of eyes on a lake you fish a lot because you get stuck in your own ways for sure. So I told him let you know let's just put the troll motor down and look. Let's just look. We did catch some fish, you know, like we pulled up on some stuff that looks good that I would fish. We caught some fish. We had just under 10 pounds of all spots, like clones, solid spots, you know. Um, we dumped a nice pushing three-pounder at the boat, and those those fish came on tubes, shaky heads, and 
and then Texas rigs. Um, as far as the looking goes, we did find some good ones. Um, I was amazed at how many good largemouth we saw. Like, like we got in one, I, I don't want to say just area of that lake. Um, <clears throat> and dude, we saw probably, I don't know, eight to 10 largemouth that were, I mean, no exaggeration. They were like three and a half, four plus, like really nice largies. Um, we saw one spot on a bed that was, she was, she was a Mondo. She was Magnum. This spot was, I, I don't like to exaggerate. So I'm going to say six plus, but I think she was, I think she had that by a couple pounds. It's hard to say, but they, they were all spooky. I don't know if they got caught over the weekend or they just moved up. They, they were semi locked on. We didn't spend much time fishing them. Obviously we didn't want to catch anything. Um, but dude, I mean, if we had, had got five of the fish to go that we saw, I mean, you know, we could easily had a 22 pound Millerton bag. I'm, I'm just saying that's, that's just dreaming here, but they were up there if they were willing to play it. So the lake really impressed me, dude. Cause back when I used to fish it, you know, when I fished tournaments there, I mean, it was like seven and a half, eight pounds you'd win. Mm -hmm. And hell I got, I got, I think third or second back to back second and third, something like that with less than eight pounds. Um, and now, I mean, it's kicking out pretty solid bags. Like there was an 18 pound bag of largemouth weight in there last weekend by some high school kids. Um, you know, 14, 15 pound bags are getting common of spots. So it, it's, it's, it's fishing better than our motherload lakes right now. Really? Like it, it's kicking the motherload's ass. Yeah. I mean, I, I really do think that there's the, the potentials there for that place as yeah. far as the forge and all that. And said it before. I mean, I, I really do think that it could be really good. And the other thing, dude, I mean, today at Pedro and all of our lakes, Pedro, Maloney's, McClure, we literally have <clears throat> every weekday, minimum 25, 30 boats on the water every single weekday now. Millerton, yesterday, there was probably eight boat truck and trailers in the parking lot and probably four or five bass boats. Everybody else is trolling those shad up there. And that was it. So I might piss a couple people off by saying that, but sorry, I speak the truth. But yeah, dude, super impressed with that lake. I need to get up there and fish it. It's been a while. Um, now, now I really want Let's to. Let's find a day. Me and you go up there, find a free day. That'd be dope. That'd be fun. I mean, I, I usually go up there and fish with, with my brother-in-law. He's got, he's working nights now. So like he doesn't, we don't even fish together anymore. He's uh. that sucks. Yeah, I mean, he's got, like, the worst schedule possible. But um, All right, so we got Christian coming on here any second. Before I forget, I wanted to big shout-out, big thank you uh, to Mike Hummel at Mr. Breadman on Instagram. Uh, he let me crash on Wednesday night uh, after practicing with Juan. Um, also, big thanks to Juan for, for having me out there. He kind of said, you know, if you want to practice with me Wednesday, you can. I didn't really have a place. He said, well, let me talk to Mike, and um, I followed up with Mike, and he said, it's fine, you know, crash out wherever, and um, so that was really cool. I, I appreciate both of those guys. Nick Cloutier as well, who I practice with on, on Thursday. So, A couple of SSIs. Certainly they are, and man, just both just really fun guys to fish with. They're very different, but I had a blast with both of them. Um, you know, Nick's, Nick's, uh, Nick's like out there with bumping music and um, – it's party on the boat with Nick. 
so yeah, needless to say, I had a, a great time with both of those guys and learned a ton. Can you make it easier for an old man to get on these things? <laughs> <laughs> old man. <laughs> Sorry Easy there, Papa. Yeah, I know. We were just talking about how old you are. I'm getting up there. I'm losing hair every day. <laughs> so speaking of getting up there, are you 22 or 23 now? Ah, shoot. Uh, I'm 23. Oh, my. Yeah, you are getting up there. Dang it. I'm getting up there. No doubt about it. Well, we were just talking about, like, your resume for being 23 is pretty pretty freaking phenomenal. And uh, two two years straight, winning the Wild West at Clear Lake, you freak. I'm a freak. <laughs> there ain't no doubt about it. All of us fishermen are freak and weirdos. A bunch of weirdos. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool, man. It's, hey, speak it's, for yourself. I'm pretty awesome. You're You're awesome. <laughs> you are. Uh, no, back, man. I'm not back-to-back Clear Lake champ awesome. Uh, you're not. <laughs> so. how, does it, how, does, how does it feel, buddy? Give us the... the give us it the, feels the, great. Yeah. I've been, I've been having this shit grin smile on my face for a while now. Just, just taking it all in. Can't, can't, I can believe it, but it's like, wow. All right. Okay. What, what can I do? What can I do? So, but you, I don't think but you work hard that, for that. You earned that. I work hard for that, but it's unbelievable how sometimes I can think I'm not that good at fishing and then I can do stuff like this. So things like that, I'm not trying to say I, I don't think I'm that good, but I'm, to compete like, like, in my head, I'm always thinking, like, am I good enough to go back there, back east? I tell myself in my head I'm not, because I, I do good on places that I know, uh, you know. So, in my head, I, I kind of, I, I like to, I, my, it's always playing mind games. So. It's called staying humble, bud. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Well, congratulations, but, man. Um, thanks. I'm, uh, thanks. I'm, I, I, I will say I was, I was pulling for you. Um, uh, and, uh, and I'm glad you got the dub, man. It's pretty cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, I appreciate it. Um, to how hard I practiced for that tournament and the most, the amount of confidence I had was pretty crazy. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I had so much confidence driving up to Clear Lake the night before the first day of practice. I told multiple buddies through text and on the phone. I'm going to win this tournament. I had a guy text me like, what are you doing this, this upcoming Sunday? I said, this upcoming Sunday, I'm going to be holding a Wild West Pro-Am trophy over my head. Woo! Yeah. You know, I, I, before practice even started, I just, I just had, right I had fire in my eyes. Lately, I've just been having this crazy amount of fire in my eyes and crazy drive to fish and understand and figure it out. And that's that, you know, you get burnt out a little bit and you got to take a step back. But lately I have not stopped for, I've not stopped. And I've just, it's, it's, I got this new boat almost two months ago and I am, I am loving it so much. And it's brought back that crazy fire in me. And people told me that too. When you get a new boat, it, it makes you a better fisherman. 
and whatnot. But that's that's what I'm experiencing right now. I think I heard you say it. This boat has completely changed my life. <laughs> it's changed my life like no tomorrow. The little Triton, I was not happy in it anymore. And I got in this FXR 21 Skeeter, and it's like, oh my gosh. Every morning I jump out of bed ready to hook that thing up and put it in the water. It's a so. sweet It's a sweet boat. I, uh, I ran across you on day one of practice with Juan. And I will say yeah. one thing, man, you and I was telling Ryan this before we got on with you, but you just have this, I don't know if it was just that day, but you got this energy, bro, that comes across the water before we even came up and, and started talking to you. Just like you could feel it. Like you were out there and you were just pumped. It was just like you were just having fun, you know, and I, I got know, you. I, 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 and I said this when I'm having a lot of fun, whether it be with the person that I'm fishing with, or if I'm just having a, a good day or whatever, I fish better. And what would you say? I got you. Do you, do you, do you believe that? Absolutely. Absolutely. If, if you, if whoever's in the boat, definitely that can depend on how the day goes and your mood and whatnot. But, um, what I've been experiencing is that I kind of changed up a lot of what I eat you know, and how much water I drink and stuff like that. Like I, I dude, I just kind of was going through weird mood swings and just like some days just stoked to be on the water and some days like, gosh, dang it. And, and started eating bad crap and not drinking enough water and, and having too many beers every now and then. I don't know, man, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> whoops, whoops, you. uh, whoops. But no, I, I, I eat a salad every day for lunch on the water. I sit down and have a salad. I, I eat tons of fruit. I, I just eat good stuff and I try to get sleep, but you know, that, that always doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's, that's been what I've, I've done the last couple months. No energy drinks, nothing, but just chugging water and eating good food. And I've been like, feel it. I feel like how better i feel and i've always ate good and whatnot and i don't know i haven't ever drank a bunch in my life but i just just feel good you know everything's been like good and i, I it's definitely changed my mood 100 percent. so 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 and I, I i've seen the salad on the boat so good for you on that one i've actually well absolutely. it doesn't matter i've i've cut my diet back with yeah Diana. and I, eat meat. I i got gotcha. you i'm i'm down 12 pounds in in four weeks. But anyway. Really? Sweet, so I, sweet. Yeah, I got to drop some. But, okay. This is kind of a, oh, it's going to take you a while to answer this. Joel, if there's any other questions you have right now, I. It's sorry, all you. Gotcha. It's all you, man. So, I, I talked to John Myers a little bit. That's cool. You guys got to pre-fish together. Like, he's always uh-huh. a blast in the boat. Absolutely. Uh, um, just just kind of walk us through your pre-fish, what you found. What you didn't find, how you adapted yeah. during the tournament, all that fun stuff, you know, like yeah, I mean, like without giving up what you can't give up, give up the goods. Yeah, well, you know what, man, I I don't I don't really hide anything, I really don't. Um, but so going into practice, no doubt in my mind, I'm going to fish a bunch up north. In my mind, um, I went up there a couple weeks before that, and the north was just starting to take off, and nobody was down there. It was in a tournament. Um, I, I got second place with 2475 and I had that North kind of figured out 
and the south at the same time. I'd run south in the morning and pound north later in the day. I felt like that. That I feel like north sometimes can always be better later in the day for whatever reason. Anyway, that's what the plan was in practice. Run north, fish north, where they're going to be before they spawn. That's a big gig. Well, everyone kind of did that. Everyone fished the openings of areas. That's just a typical pre-spawn, clear lake, before they move up gig that, you know, people do. I ran north like a son of a gun the first day. I hit so many spots. Me and my buddy Dan, we caught some nice ones. You know, we caught some good ones. Um, um, and I, I just wasn't feeling it. Everyone was up there. It was like a boat. Everyone was on a spot. There'd be five boats on a spot. And I just told myself, you ain't going to win a tournament doing this, kid. There's absolutely no way. Mm-hmm. You're going to sit here and play bumper boats, and there's just too many people hitting the, hitting the spots. It's not going to happen. And I really like fishing north because I can hit a bunch of spots, and I'm, I'm comfy with that. Um, I scratched it, man. The first day I practiced unbelievably hard, and we still probably had like 24, 25 pounds. Uh, we, had, we, we still caught some nice fish, but it was very scattered and, and, and for how long I practiced, 12 plus hours, you know, it, 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 it just didn't, wasn't going to click. Ran down south with John Myers the second day. I, th- I practiced the first day with my buddy Dan Repitoni, um, uh, very cool guy. And uh, um, second day, practiced with John Myers. We ran down south, hit a bunch of stuff that I probably shouldn't have. I knew, I just wanted to look, um, stuff that they probably weren't going to be on. And, and that we scratched that. Um, then we peeked our head into rattlesnake. We either something on my mind in there all day long. I had to check it out uh, since the morning that I had to check out like, Oh gosh. And, um, about midday around noon, Myers and I rolled into an area in the rattlesnake arm and fished around. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I bombed my swim bait out there on a little something and there was nothing but there was nothing but dirt out there but where it was is very key nothing but dirt out there and five pounder and then another five pounder and then another five pounder and myers was catching big ones too and he looked at me and he said boy may you become rich because he knew damn well he knew damn well what I what him and I just found, you know, and it and it it was good. So and and um, so that was that. We ran around for the rest of the day, nothing. Went back in first day of the tournament. I'm juiced. I'm going there. We're gonna get five five pounders. No, it's not gonna be no doubt in my head. We're gonna get five five pounders. I was all I was thinking about is what am I gonna do after I have five five pounders? How am I gonna get a big in? How am I gonna get a big in? And um, you know what? Rolled up. I told my co. I whipped out the net. Um, I didn't put live well in the. I didn't put water in the live well yet. That's a jinx. I've done that before. You can't do that till you got your first fish. Yep, that's um, a jinx. Yep, I jinxed it before. Put, started putting water in the live well, rolling up on the first spot, thinking you're going to whack them. Anyway, I caught 22 pounds and probably I only weighed 2170. Whatever. I caught all those fish in the first. Ah. Uh, um, I caught them all in the first probably 25 minutes, 30 That's minutes. So I caught them good in my head. I could chill now. I got a good bag. It's not a winning bag. Um, 
fished around. Those fish disappeared. They were gone. I couldn't find them. I, I tried everywhere to find those fish again on the panoptics, everything. They were history. It was gone. I, I don't know what happened. Did I catch them all? I don't know. Um, so that was it, man. And then I ran around like a madman the rest of the day trying to catch, uh, uh, you know, a five or six pounder to butt, bump me up to 23, 24. Didn't happen. I, I, I threw a trash fish a lot and, um, I probably caught five fish on it, on the trash fish that were all four pound fish. I could not cool with, um, running around mid Lake and up North. I did. I, the first day I did ran a little state park and all that. Um, it was a bust. And second day I'm thinking in my head, what, you know, what's going to happen? Are those fish going to be there again? What's up in my head? Uh, roll up in the morning, get to my juice. Nothing. I don't get a bite. I'm like, dang it. All right, whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I was fishing out pretty off, off the bank at about four to five foot. So I took it shallow quick and, and, and nothing happened for a while. Jumped over to another bank, caught some three seventies. You know, I was looking at like a 17 pound limit. I said, cool. I should get to 20 if I do this. And I was just like, man, I'm not catching the big ones doing this. What's up? What's up? And, um, there was another spot very similar to the spot. I caught him on day one. Um, very close to it. Um, I went over there. I heard yo-yo on a trap around real slow. I'm throwing a, um, I was throwing a shad one. I forgot what color it was, but it ended up, I ended up breaking it in half. Uh, hit the side of the boat and broke in half. So I didn't even have any more of those co- colors. Um, but it's just a shad one and, uh, caught like two, four and a half. I said, wow. Okay. Now I got over 20. Mm, you know, um, I'll probably make the top 10 with this. Ah, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Um, and man, I just kind of just kept rotating my first area, rotating that area, fishing the bank a little bit. I rolled up on that area where I caught the two, four and a half. And they were there. I mean, it was, they were just there. I caught a seven right away. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> like, yeah, rotating them, rotating three areas. I'm like, okay, uh, what, what's up here? What, you know, are they here, here, or what? And, and I wasn't getting a bunch of bites, but I could see them on the pan optics. I'm not no freak with the pan optics, but I definitely know how to read that thing. There's some grass clumps. Um, Oh, man, they stopped eating that trap like that. I was yo-yoing it. I was yo-yoing it slow. Started yo-yoing it fast, okay? Uh, not getting bit, you know, and the weather was coming in. It was a day that they they were biting, okay? The, the, we had weather, and, um, uh, man, I threw that trap out of there. I had an 8 to 1 gear ratio reel. I just started reeling it back to the boat. Just slam, I catch a six and a half, okay? And I'm like, oh, God, okay, my scale says I got, like, 27 now sweet um i actually i well i caught another four and a half reeling straight back to the boat it's, it's not funny, on. it's funny you mentioned that because i talked to mike peterson who won on the coast side and that's what he yeah. picked up on on that second day was yeah no yep. more yo-yo in just that straight retrieve and for whatever reason that yep. was the deal little details yeah. and and as much as i kind of didn't want to say that on here that's not get what things that guys are going to do i hate to say it guys get so stuck in their ways with yo-yo in that trap, they're done with it. They're putting it back away for the day. You know, I mean, they're putting it away. They're going to just try other baits. 
or they're not they're not going to catch those fish and and that's what I did man and and my, I told Myers that too and and he was just shook that I did that he, he couldn't believe that I started to reel that trap because John he told me that whole story and, and I wasn't going to make you tell it if you didn't want to but John yeah, told me yeah. that exact story and he's like dude he goes I don't know how at 22 23 years old that he picks up on things how to do that but he said like he said there there's a sixth sense in that kid like all the great ones he said where you just you just know what to do and when to do it yeah yeah so uh i'm sorry 27 pounds the second day i'm cool i'm sitting good leading the tournament by two days we're good you know i'm trying to relax i'm trying to think about my tackle and whatnot and, and anyway i get a little bit of sleep um hmm. i was thinking about starting north i only got 10 boats okay um i, th- I thought i kind of hammered them a little too hard um, um i only got 10 other boats on the water i can pro and i'm out i can probably get a good spot up north um a, a spot that i did good in in practice uh uh-huh. Going through my head, man. I should start there. Or should I just go to the rattlesnake arm? What are you gonna do? And, and uh, man, I was I was I was gonna start north, and I just said, "What are you doing, kid? Those fish are reloading more than you think. They are there." And and I buzzed over there. It was freezing. Third day, cold, mm-hmm. cold. I'm frozen. I got I got hand warmers in my back. I got them in. Underneath my bibs, on my knees, I got I got two packs in my toes. Once my toes or my hands get cold, I shut down. I'm a I'm an absolute wimp in the cold. So did that. I'm 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 warm, but it's cold. Ah, eh, ran down a rattlesnake. Roll up on my juice. Take my gloves off. My hands are still cold. My adrenaline's rushing. Just because I have to catch. I ha- in my head I was thinking 22, and that's big. Catching 22 pounds, that's big. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, man, I throw my LV out there. It's cold morning. I should eat it slow. Mm. <clears throat> Real slow. Let it sit. <clears throat> Boom. I get, I, I get a, a thump that, like, no tomorrow, like a big old Cinco, just boom. I catch a five-pounder. Okay, I can just chill now. Like, like that five-pounder right, is your first fish of the morning of day three? My, my first fish of the morning is a five yeah, that's a good start. I'm chill. I'm chill. I'm cool. My toe starts catching some fish. Kind of freaking me out a little bit. I didn't know how many fish were really there. He's starting to catch some fish. We're good. We're cool. Mm. Um, nothing happens for about an hour and a half, two hours. I'm starting to think in my head. Oh, gosh. I got a couple fish. I caught a couple two and a half. Weren't helping me. Okay. 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 Caught like a four something. It was a nice one. All right, cool. My scale says with a five and a four, I got like 19 with, with three three pounders I had to get rid of. And gosh, that's tough. All right, just take it easy, kid. I don't like sitting on on areas, okay? And I was still rotating around, still rotating around. And um, all of a sudden, man, I, 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 I throw my LV up a little shallower on um, the juice. Thump, I lean into it. No doubt in my mind, it's a big fish. Okay. And I'm trying. And when, when you hook that big fish on that final day, the one you need, 
your heart is like there's it's like there's nothing I can do wrong. I would I don't care if that fish jumps ten times. My rod's gonna be six foot under the water. I can to make sure that fish doesn't come off. And I was kind of doing that. That's my that's my little gig. When and when when those fish when you get them fired up on any kind of treble hook bait and you really don't want them to come off, you put your rod down into the water as deep as you can get it to keep and grind on that fish when it's going to come up to jump and it should not spit that bait. Anyway, doing that. Oh gosh, it's a big one. It's, it's six plus my goes like, gosh, dang. Oh my gosh. I'm like, ah. comes up. He barely scoops it in the net and the LV's choked like crazy choke. Like the fish is, is, is bleeding. Um, no fish died. Thankfully, um, get the LV out. I, I think I'm very good at taking hooks out of fish that got them very deep. Even treble hooks. I do it often. I've I do it, it often. Yes, I, I think I'm very good at that. Um, got that the hook out. Man, I'm good now, dude. All right, let's chill out now. I got I got a good bag, man. I got a really nice bag of fish. I'm over 22. In my head, I want it. In my head, I really want it, man. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm stoked. I'm just thinking about getting in that new skeeter has got that Yamaha on it. That motor's extremely reliable. I really wasn't thinking about the motor, but I just want, I just wanted to get closer to the ramp, you know, and I didn't, I didn't worry too much about it, but I was just like, gosh, you know, anything could happen. Anything could happen out there in the water, your battery die or something, you know, and then you're stranded and whatnot. So, right. Uh, man, just kept fishing. We're cool. Just kept fishing. Mm-hmm. One o'clock, camera boat rolls up on me. They're filming me for, huh, shoot, man, probably about 45 minutes. They're filming <laughs> me for a while. No one caught a fish. All right. Same spot. I caught that six and a half. My, the art, the cameraman, Art, who owns uh, Spear Point, um, um, he's watching and he, he, he helped out, helped Wild West out be the camera boat that, that day. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, hey, man, I said, watch this. And I bombed my LV over there, and everything just felt right. They said they haven't seen anyone catch a fish on camera yet today. They pulled up on me at one. And I yo-yo that LV. I kind of switched it up to that that, that third day. Just kind of just two quick rips. Um, and um, boom, I caught a five-pounder. I could do a big one. They were stoked. Scale said I got over on on yep on camera scale says i got 24 plus and um yep i i ran in with about uh, an hour to spare and we fished around the boat ramp and and it was it man in my head i was worried about pearl okay yeah everyone knows john pearl (laughs) clear like yeah yeah yada yada yeah he's a stud normally wrong my head it was cold he was catching 23 a day in my head i was like man he could do anything. I know he can, but I just don't think he can catch. He's going to have to catch 27 pounds to beat me. It's cold. I just don't think those fish up on, on his end of the lake, which is north, are going to uh, really cooperate for him. So, you know what? I come in, dock the boat. He comes in right behind me. Already his partner's filming him, uh, him coming in. His partner, his team partner's got a GoPro camera filming him idling in i'm like oh my god what the hell's going on here why has he got this camera on him and i uh, anyway i see john 
kind of looks at me and I said, he kind of gives me that, what you got, little nod. So I got like 24, he shakes his head, says he got 20. So my head there, I won it. So that's how it all went down. In my head, I'm like, okay, chill on out. Let's, let's, let's not slip on the dock and, and the bags fall into the water or something <laughs> crazy. That's my, that's the fear of a lifetime. I, I am this gripping is my these bags. I've seen it Absolutely. happen before, and Christian. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm just gripping these bags with all my life. Um, and yeah, man, and, and roll roll up there and, and yeah, man, it was, I was definitely stoked. So that's the way it went down. I drove home the whole way. Just like, wow, kid, you can do this more often. I know you can. My head, I know I can win more often. But how hard I practice is unbelievable. I did not look at my phone. I, I, I did nothing but fish so hard. So, and you know, that's hard to do. You know, I got little honeys texting me left and right. You know, you want to look at your phone <laughs> oh, and text. Wow. Oh, yeah, you know, hey. So I, much for that humbleness, huh, Ryan? Oh, so man. Yeah, well, yeah. So, and, and they don't get it. So, but anyway, yeah. So <laughs> I will so say you were, any, you were you were like, jacked up. Young ladies out there listening, leave him alone. He's trying to fish. He's fishing. Uh, in I a watched, way, but hit me up. I, I <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I watched you, dude. Uh, it was pra- that first practice day. We were fishing around you, and I watched you cast. And I was like, "That's the furthest I've ever seen someone cast a glide bait." And because that thing just yeah. kept, it just it just kept sailing, and I was like, "God, that guy can cast." No wonder he's like, he's, "Have you seen me catch one?" He's well, no, no, no. So the problem was right after you cast, and I saw it land. I just hear this giant fuck. Oh yeah, uh, I snapped that one off. Yeah, sometimes I get a little too amped up, and I put uh, these these. I was throwing an S waiver two hundred. I caught some fish on it. The cast before that, I don't know if you guys saw me. I kind of just rolled up. You guys are still kind of far. I bomb that waiver out there, 200, and I catch one like my first cast. Yeah, we saw you. We saw you. Yeah, and then I little amped up. I'm like, oh, baby, they, they can be here. Seeing them on the pan optics, and I just go for the hardest whip of all whips with a waiver, and uh, she snapped. You did. It's all good. You did. Yeah, yeah, and that's happened many times. I think it's, it happened with Ryan. I tried to put 20 pound on a hog hunter. You do not throw a hog hunter on 20-pound line, <laughs> and and especially the way I try to whip it around, and I, I whipped that thing with Ryan and broke it, too. So, But, no, yeah, definitely, man. It's, it's, I, yeah, but a lot of people tell me that, too, when they get out in a boat with me. What's up? What do you use? What kind of reels? How do you cast that far? I swear by Daiwas. You can cast those Daiwa Tatulas. They don't got to be no expensive seizes. You can cast those tattoos so far and accurate. If your spool is full of line, not no, I, I get so on these guide trips, you have no idea how many guys I have come on these guide trips, bring their rods and reels, and they have no line on their reels. It's like down halfway, and we have to spool everything up. I can't do that. Yeah. Man. As soon as, it, as, yeah, soon as I yeah. start seeing more than, I don't know, an eighth of an inch. Yeah. Of, of spool. I'm like, yeah. okay, I got to, I got to respool this thing. I, I, I got to yeah, have it you for got, Guys, re, some people don't really realize how much more distance you get with a full spool 
and how much more accurate you are with a full spool of line. It, it, it's insane, and that's how I am. I, I put a lot of backing on my reels. If I lose a couple, if I lose ten foot, fifteen foot, twenty foot, I'm probably going to spool it back up. And I don't use that much line because I put a lot of backing on. Mm-hmm. I, I only I've got it so dialed in my head how much line I got to put on with that backing. So, um, but yeah, other than that, it was cool. It was sweet. So you were throwing the trash fish around. You were throwing the LV. Everyone was throwing the LV. Yeah, um, I don't think I weighed any. Yes, I I threw a I threw a paddle tail as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I threw a a five point eight and a four point eight Kai on just the back of a standard jig head, and I I I chucked that around a lot. What did you? And from what you, it seems like you were kind of just dialed in all four days. Now, there were other guys that, like, you look at Keith Herney had a great first day, like, leading the, the pack with, like, 25-pound bag or something, one of the biggest bags of the, of the weekend. And then, you know, yeah. that second day came along, and it was just, like, crushing. Like, just it just turned off for him. Um, what do you attribute that to, man? And I think we, we talked about it was just very retrieved. The, the baits were the same. It just seemed like they wanted it a little bit differently. Yeah, you got to vary it. But his gig, um, I mean, I, 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 he was fishing up north, I believe. And I, I think it was just all about he kind of got on the fish before anyone else could. I mean, that's what I think. Um, and then that second day, third third day, everyone's like, Ernie's on him. And then these guys do not care. They will come up on you. Yeah. And that's what I think probably happened to him. And and um, you know what? Everyone has tough days, and it, it didn't happen for him. I, I'm guessing, but the weather was right. You know, the weather was there for them to eat that that chatter. I believe he was throwing a chatter bait. Um, that weather was right for them to do that. But just you know, he just didn't get those bites. Yeah. Oh you know? yeah. yeah. Maybe he could have. Maybe he could have. Maybe he could have um, let it sink in the grass or something. Uh, you know, and. and really slow rolled it or something you know who knows oh. so and i caught him on chatter too i was throwing a chatter bait around so i don't think i caught any on day two or day three but the first day i caught some fish that wouldn't cold chucking the chatter around yeah and so how, how did your how did your co-anglers do the first two days uh the first two days man it was tough because i really don't think i was around them enough and we're fishing open water my coast can throw left they can throw right as far as they can and i just don't think i was around them enough um i was I, when i would find them on the panoptics that first day when they were on my juice they were there and nowhere else sorry but you're probably not going to catch anything behind me when they're in front of me and i stayed way 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 off of them mm-hmm. um i think he caught one fish um you know, um, my day two guy, I think, caught one fish as well. And both guys were just stoked out, off their mind to, to just be in the boat and watch what I was doing and how they were, how I was catching these fish. And uh, we had a really good time. My day three, co, he caught like 19. Um, you know, he, he had a pretty good bag. Um, I, I don't know what all that crap was he said in the morning about me leaving him on the dock. Well, <laughs> um Wait, 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 I wait. Was right wait, wait. Hold dock. on. I, I didn't hear about this. You explain <laughs> I need to hear this story now. You brought it up. What you leaving uh, your yeah, coes? You leaving your coes on the dock up. or what? 
No, he. <laughs> I the, the the top ten. You line up on the dock right next to the launch dock, and um, you know, and he 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 waited around on the launch dock and just just didn't really try to look around for me. But anyway, he had to spill that out on the stage, and and uh, I don't really care. But everyone everyone is calling me like, "Did you have beef with your co?" And no, I didn't have beef with my co, but, you know, what? you get tired and, uh, you know, maybe he's a little tired and said some goofy stuff, whatever, you know. Um, but I was right next to the dock. Power pulled down, waiting for him to walk to the next dock and hop on the boat. So, but no, other than that, he, he, he caught 19 pounds and uh, he was a very good fisherman. No clue what his name was. Um, <laughs> he, he, he. You know, after he said that little mumbo jumbo, I kind of just left with that. And and um, um, yeah, he caught 19 pounds. Very good fisherman with a. Uh, he got second place. Very good fisherman with uh, that rattle trap. He was getting more bites than me uh, for sure. And uh, I thought he was going to win. And I think he thought deep down inside he was probably going to win it as well. So um. Um, yeah, but other than that, man, it was, it was, it was cool. It was crazy. So, okay. So like you kind of talked about how you ran them and how you found yeah. them, how you caught them, all that fun stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> just, just a quick specific for people out there because the little details are very important, obviously. What, yep. if you don't mind us asking, which LV were you throwing? What line rod reel were you throwing it on, and what hooks you changing out to on those bad boys? Um, I've never gotten. Yeah, if I look at a hook, man, I sometimes I pull. So anyway, I I, I don't swap out the LV hooks. I don't get too crazy with hooks. I know guys who get so crazy, but they got two giant boxes in their in their boat of um, of treble hooks, where they can swap out on their stock baits. I have never had too crazy of a problem with some of these stock hooks. You know, yeah, you get some with those bronze-looking brown hooks. You know what I'm talking about when you buy yeah, some like cheaper the spook hooks. Yep. Yeah, you're going to swap them off the old Henderson spook. No <laughs> doubt. I believe it's. You know, I believe they could sell them now with the better hooks. Um, you know, you can choose that, but. But I don't have too much of a problem. I hook those fish and I get them in on all different brands of baits with their stock hooks. I don't get too crazy with it. Do I have a box of treble hooks? Of course I do. Um, I'm very big on sharpening hooks um, um, all the time. Um, the, uh, Rapala makes a super cool line stripper that has a hook sharpener on the end of it. That thing's awesome. You just you press a button and it sharpens your hook. I love that thing. Um, that thing's pretty cool, but I'm using, I was using a shorter rod, a seven rod, um, 12 pound line, 12 pound fluoro and an LV 500. Okay. And I really don't think color matters that much. I really do not think the color mattered that much. Um, besides between a shad and a craw, I threw a craw quite a bit and they, they weren't having that craw for me. On my fish, they they right. weren't having a crawl, but yeah, I was de- I was throwing twelve pound line. Why was I throwing twelve pound line? I do feel like you get more bites, but um, you know, uh, a lot, lot of lot of clear lake guys like to throw that twelve, but I know guys who throw it on sixty five pound braid, right? And 
you know, but in my head I was showing it on 12 and did I have a problem? I didn't lose any fish, man. Uh, and yeah, in my head, when I'm reeling in a, yeah, but when you're reeling in a seven pounder and 12 pound line with treble hook bait, your butt cheeks are definitely puckered up. Oh. And I, I mean, yeah. And, and I was definitely scared every time the fish jump, but I kept them down and we got them in the net. So, now, were you throwing the LV 500? Were you throwing the lighter one? I was throwing the LV 500. So just standard stuff. Standard LV 500. Nothing fancy. Nothing fancy. God, I at love all. that. Yep. So what were these fish doing? Now, f- from what you're saying, obviously you were not catching spawning fish. Um, <clears throat> but what are these fish doing? Are, are they going up to spawn? Are they heavily schooled up? And without giving out just for those people that want to go out and fish clear Lake this weekend. Um, are they at the mouths of spawning areas? Like what kind of little tips can you give? Um, you know what? They were definitely at the mouth of mouths of spawning areas last week. Okay. But it has gotten really hot. Um, I don't think it's that, that ball game anymore. Um, um, you know what, if, if anyone was going out there, man, I think you can catch a ton of fish right now, chucking a Kitek around. doesn't have to be an underspin. You know, you go out there, you chuck a Kitek, you chuck a, you chuck a rip bait, you chuck an LV, you chuck an, an S waiver and you will catch fish with how hot it's been last week. You know, it was, it wasn't like that hot and close to spawning areas. And well, I think they're going to be in spawning areas tomorrow as I'm heading up to Clear Lake right now for a new gin tournament on Saturday. I don't think those fish are even going to be there anymore. I really don't. Are you and still fishing McClure on Sunday? I'm fishing McClure on Sunday. Yes, absolutely. But I'm heading to Clear Lake so now. You're fishing you're a Clear monster. Lake. You're fishing new gin Clear Lake Saturday and McClure Clear hey. and new gin McClure on Sunday. What a monster. Someone's got to separate the men from the boys. Oh, oh my goodness. This Small. guy. He's a couple of sets of plums on that boy. Yeah, Bill. he's got the plums. <laughs> so, going to take him to the farmer's market. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I told you, you know what? And I don't know if we talked about this on, a lot, on the last podcast, and we don't have to go into detail, but the way we were starting this off, I was – telling him kind of like your story about how you got into bass fishing, what you used to do, but like, like you used to ride your bike for a really long um, yeah. stretch just to go fish a river. Or Absolutely. Correct? Yeah. And I was, I was, uh, 13, 14 years old when I started biking it to the Merced river and we were stoked off our mind off that. I was so in love with fishing, still am. But when I got that itch on bass fishing, it was like, no, tomorrow. I didn't want to play sports. You know, not saying I had parents who made me play sports, but I definitely had to play sports. Um, <laughs> uh, God dang it, man. Yeah, anyway, so I was on the basketball team thinking about fishing the whole time and stuff like that, man. And, it, you know, and, and, I fell in love with fishing. That's all I wanted to do was fish. I didn't want to go try to make a basketball on a hoop. I didn't care. I didn't want to go try to catch a football. No. I wanted to go catch a football. Yeah, I wanted to go catch a bass the size of my leg. So, and 
And that's, yeah. So, but I fell in love with it. Yeah, I played a little sports. That was a bust. Um, my parents kind of eased up on me a little bit. I told me this ain't, this ain't, this ain't what for me. And, um, uh, I, I was nothing but fishing after, uh, basically freshman year of high school. Nothing but fish all the time. Did nothing but fish. So, and I learned a lot and, and, and that's the way it goes. You know, and if you fish a lot, you can learn a lot. I didn't have like a bunch of crazy people teaching me or whatnot. I just, uh, it took many years to develop this kind of knowledge of just fishing. You know, and yeah, I've had, I, look, I have had people, you know, teach me things, but it's, it's mainly all just me being out there years and years and years. I was 13. Okay. 10 years of nothing but fishing. So yes, sir. So what are your, what are your thoughts about fishing back East? Um, what are the plans? What are your, what's going through that, that brain of yours? I want to go back there. Of course I want to go back there, but I don't want to go back there broke. Um, you know what? You can spend, you can spend a hundred thousand dollars quicker than you ever could possibly think fishing mm-hmm. gas tackle. You're going to go to a lake back there and Oh my God, I need this. You're going to go in these tackle shops with their baits marked up through the roof and you're going to start going on a spending spree because it's stuff that you need on these lakes back there. Um, that, but that's my only fear. I think I could possibly go back there and, 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 and do good. But, um, I'm not going to go back there and blow all my money. Will I, in maybe five years, what if I start something, you know, start some kind of business or do something crazy and have some money and I can go do that and, or sponsors, you know, I feel like if I went back last year, if I qualified this year and went back next year, I feel like I could have all my entries paid for through sponsors. I really do think I can. Um, but you know what? I, I, uh, a lot of people tell me you need, you need to give it three years. If you go back there, you can't just give it a year and, uh, and, and strike out. You well, got to give it a learning three years. Curve. Absolutely. And I, I mean, I look at some of these guys on that are fishing these, this tour and it's just unbelievable how many, how long it took them to get good. Go back in the FL, MLF and, and look at John Cox's tournament results from, from six or seven years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. It took him lots and lots of failing before he is the man. Cox, you know, John Cox is the man now. You know, he wins tournaments. He's in the top 10 almost all the time. Every tournament took him a long time. Took him a long time fishing back there, fishing all those lakes before he, he started doing very, very well. A lot of these guys, if you look back in their names, and that's something that you can't get discouraged. The lows, some of these guys, they, it just eats them alive, and they're out. They're done. They're going back to doing whatever the heck they were doing, mm-hmm. but trying to become a pro fisherman because that stuff will eat you up like no tomorrow. So, What's been the biggest, and, and we talked about your boat a little bit, but you bring up John Cox. He fishes in a, yep. in a, in a Cresty aluminum boat. He had mm-hmm. Cresty winds mm-hmm. in an Express. Um, that's neither here nor there, but you know, I, I run a tin boat. Ryan does too. I've, I've got an affinity for my little Cresty. Um, but what, what's been the biggest thing now you're in that fancy, that fancy Skeeter. How is it, how is it elevated your fishing besides it looking badass and, and turning heads? How has it changed the way you fish? 
I'm a big boat guy now. I will probably never have a boat under 21 foot from here on out. I don't want a 21, I don't want a 20 footer. I want a 21 footer. And that scared me when I was first buying this thing. It's a huge sled. I am not going 70 miles an hour in this boat. Um, I needed that kind of room, especially guiding. Uh, and my circumstance, maybe not, I mean, I just couldn't feel comfortable anymore in a smaller boat. And I know you do it, Ryan. And I, you probably don't carry as much stuff as me. I got so much tackle. I have so much tackle, man. And, and I just started to feel claustrophobic and just not, I didn't want to put the pan optics on that, on that little Triton, man. I was just, you know, putting me and then two other big boys in that 19 foot Triton. And I, it wasn't going to be a fun day anymore. In my head, I needed a bigger boat. So that's what I did. And I was scared and I had buyer's remorse for a while buying this very expensive big boat, but it took me about a week and I said, I need to do this about two years ago. Um, I have everything I possibly need as much room as you could possibly think of that Skeeter has. That's big. And I do not feel like that 21 foot boat gives me any sort of disadvantage on getting into any area whatsoever or, or my lack of speed, not going 74 miles an hour. Um, you know, cruising around 68, 69. I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm running five graphs on this boat. I have two graphs at the console and I have three graphs up front. I brought, I bought, I put in, I put three graphs up there to run 360 as well. I cannot find, get my hands on a 360 yet. So I'm, I, I basically don't use three graphs. I'm using two up there. Um, uh, pan optics and just mapping. You must have your mapping. You must have your pan optics. And that, I turn on the other graph just for my 2D, but you don't even need 2D anymore once you get this pan optics. Pan optics shows you what's underneath the boat as well as the same time showing you what's in front of the boat, 80 foot in front of you. So, game changer. My, game changer. Plus, though, the 360 on there. I get to see what the heck's going around completely around me. Um, yeah, as people say, it's a, oh, it's, it's, it's cheating. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, it takes, it takes you a long time to understand panoptics. Because well, I like, whether you consider it that. cheating or not, it, it, if it's out and it's available and you're fishing tournaments, yep. you better have it. I mean, that's all there is to it. You know, like Whether you agree with it yep. or not, if you mm. want to be competitive and you're fishing for money and that's part, that's, you know, a good part of your living, then you better have, mm-hmm. it, you know, well, Christian, yeah. you can keep your pan optics, man. I got the flogger on deck. I keep that. The flogger. <laughs> I had to bring up the flogger. Never even heard that word. What is a flogger? <laughs> you never heard of flogger? Mm. That, that, so no. in, in the, in the, in the great lakes for, uh, like really clear water when they're fishing. Oh, okay. For, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I understand about, yeah. yeah. It's it's kind Flog of all you want, brother. I, I bring I br- I bring it up all the time because I think it's funny. Log all you want. Well, brother. so that I'll was just a be looking down. That was a really like contentious office. thing for whatever reason last year. Um, guys all using the flogger and people were like that's cheating. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of different things you can call cheating. Hey, flog you, okay? Yeah. What? Why a skeeter? Why a skeeter, Christian? So I I, I was in a couple hey, different yo, boats. Um, and uh, um, yeah, why? I really like the layout of it. I really like the ride of it. Um, 
And uh, Richard down there at CNC, we've we've uh, worked it out to that, that's that's what I was going to buy. Okay, so and and he really wanted a he needed a Skeeter staffer, and he wanted to throw me in a Skeeter. And um, I'm not going to say that was my decision. It was between a Skeeter or a Phoenix, hands down. Going to be between a Skeeter and a Phoenix, and. Um, you know what, man, I, I just went with the Skeeter. I really like the layout and I'll be honest with you right now. I really like that. I, I'm, I'm really glad I made that decision. Just the, everything, the room that that Skeeter has, the, the tackle. I really like that show. Okay. I'm a, I've, I've been a Mercury guy all my life. That Yamaha back there is not going to have problems. Knock on wood, but it's, it's not, it's not going to have problems. Um, those things are bulletproof. You know, a lot of these other motor brands are not bulletproof. Well, this Yamaha is going to get me in, in back to weigh in every single time. So, um, I like that. And yeah, basically that man, just the layout. It took me months and months of just sitting in Phoenixes, sitting in Skeeters, what I was going to do. And, um, so I did it, man. I got a Skeeter, and I said, you know what? I'm going to run it for a year. I am going to sell this boat at the end of the year. If anyone out there is interested in an FXR21 Skeeter 2022, I am I am going to sell that puppy in December or so, and I, I'm i probably going to get another Skeeter. So uh, that's my plan from here on out. And like I said, man, I just love that boat, the way everything is laid out, dude. The amount of room I have on that front deck, ridiculous yeah you know the amount of storage everywhere around the boat ridiculous so the center seat is a dang seat so when i'm guiding i can have someone sit in the middle instead of trying to sit on that little step to go up to the front deck yeah and you know it's it's, it's just awesome and how, how much are you guiding now with all the tournaments um i'm i've been guiding Mainly like four days a week. There's been a couple weeks in the last couple in the last month and a half. I guided like six days a week uh, when there wasn't like a tournament that weekend. But I've been trying to stick with four days a week and and a day or two to practice for a tournament and fish a tournament. So that's that's all I've been doing. And the Delta's been off the hook, man. I've been guiding up there. Um, I, in fact, I had a trip there yesterday and. My client stuck a six punching. He stuck another five. He bed fished like a four and a half. Uh, dude, the Delta is starting to happen. Mm. And and the weights show it, too, because there was a tournament this weekend and and two bags over 30 pounds. Yeah, saw that. So, and that's, so it's starting to happen. And that's all I really want to guide on is Delta and Clear Lake. So There's another cold snap happening this weekend, so... It's just it's yeah. weird, man. What 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 do you think about like the way that this this pre spring has kind of gone? It's been cold, hot, cold, hot. You know, like here's the, yeah every other week. A- absolutely, absolutely. And here's something that I've always thought in my head. Not always, but definitely last two years. Once they're out, they're out. They ain't going back out deep. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't care how cold it's going to get. They're up, and they're still in feeding mode. Yeah, you get a little cold that affects them. Eggs got to come out. You can't sit there just waiting for the, you know, those eggs have to come out. Like mother um, nature makes that shit. Yes. Happen. There's nothing you can yes. do about it. Yes. And 
So they're still feeding. Yeah, cold front roll through. Delta's still going to be good. It's just how you're going to catch them. What are you going to do to to catch a, a six pound fish? Yep. And now, what do you do on the delta when a cold front runs through this time of year? Like, what's your best advice for everybody else? Um, so you can do a couple different things. When a cold front rolls through, you get real in it. And I mean, I'm talking like a cold front and a north wind. And it's, um, you know what? I, I really like to punch. You can catch them punching. Um, you could catch them. Oh, man. Uh, uh, you can worm around a little bit. I, I, a lot of guys like to throw a drop shot when that kind of deal happens. And guys catch giants on drop shots, and I do too. But when it gets cold like that, man, I like to pick up a flipping stick. And guys still chatter them, but your window sm- just gets a whole lot smaller. You could chatter, throw a spinner bait and all that, or a swim bait. Your window becomes a whole lot smaller once it gets cold. Can happen though. I've been out there on cold days, and and boom, man, you roll up on a stretch, and and they're feeding, and you catch three six pounders, you know, stuff like that. Um, I just like to punch because it kind of seems like they like to get in the weeds when it gets cold. And will yeah. they be in the weeds when it's warm? Of course, but that punch bite seems to be um, that much more reliable. So, like I said, you can still go out and throw a reaction, get them, but yeah. I'm going to go punching. So. Well, you got to do what you like. Stick with your confidence, right? Absolutely. If you don't have confidence in it, you're wasting your time. That's what John Myers taught me. Oh, shit. What's that been? 18 years ago when he taught me to start fishing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, Christian, oh, my. It's been, uh, it's been great catching up with you, and it was great seeing you out there. It's great seeing you win this and, and be successful. Um, you got anything else you want to leave us with? Any words of wisdom or anything to look out um, for? You got any, I mean, you're, so you're, you're going to fish. You're fishing New Gen. You're fishing Wild West. Um, and are you fishing, ML, um, ML, fish, you're fishing MLF stuff as well? I'm fishing MLF stuff. I would really like to try and qualify for tour, but I went to Havasu a couple weeks ago and bombed. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to make the point still on that. I'm still going to fish them all, one on Delta, one on Clear Lake. I am fishing the one bass here in a couple weeks at Clear Lake. So other than that, man... Um, uh, I'm going to be fishing a lot. If you guys want to follow me or check check me out, and, you know, touch base to see what I'm doing, look me up on Facebook, look me up on Instagram, Christian Ostrander Fishing, and you can message me on there or give me a call. And um, if you are interested in a trip on the Delta or Clear Lake, I yeah, I will go to the Motherload Lakes, but... Um, I'm just trying to guide on the Delta and guide on Clear Lake. So, cool. We got a you got a web you got a web, you got a website or what? Um, so I'm getting that <laughs> made. My really good buddies, my really good buddies, right now. Austin's trying to put that up. Just, just just do one through GoDaddy. I know. It's so easy and cheap. Trust me. Piece of cake. <clears throat> He's whipping it up. Dude, hit so. Diana up. She'll set you up. It's. No. I got you. My buddy Austin's going to make me one. So He's set. So, well, we're working on it right now. 
Well, bud, we are proud of you, dude. I, I told you, um, I don't know when I first met you, like you came up to me at McClure, like you and Ronnie and we bullshitted for a while. That was probably three years ago. I got you. And I told you, I don't even know a few months after that. I said, dude, keep at it. You got it. You're going to do it. And those words stay true. They stay the same. Um, you are proving it. And me and Joel were talking earlier. We cannot wait to see you um, get up to that next level because you have proven yourself at every level so far and then some. So just keep up the good work. Sounds good, man. I appreciate it. I'm going to give it my all at this life and at fishing <laughs> to make it and make a career out of it. So we'll see how it goes. And I appreciate it. You as well, Ryan. Um, Joel, I mean, you guys work hard at this, Ryan, you work hard at your job guiding and, and whatnot. And these podcasts, you guys are doing exactly what you guys need to be doing is keep on doing them because there's a lot of people out there start this podcast thing and then goes downhill for a sec and then they're out of there. Yeah. yeah keep awesome. on keeping on Joe dirt said. <laughs> Absolutely. And you, you, I don't think you guys, you guys, I mean, you guys probably realize it, but a lot of people listen to your guys' reports, the bass reports. So, I appreciate uh, that, dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah if if so. if, uh, if I can't get scared off of uh, fishing and and coming back on here after the skunk after the kind of the crap fest that I put on as a as a co the last couple of days, then uh, we're not going anywhere. <laughs> we're we're going to stay right here. We're going to stay right here. <laughs> this is what we're going to do. Cool, sweet. Well, thanks sweet. again, dude, and uh, congrats, and uh, good luck in the upcoming derbs. I appreciate it. You guys take it easy. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you wish soon. Wish me luck. Wish me luck. Maybe I'll catch a few this weekend. We always wish so. you luck. All right. Sounds good. All right. Take it easy. See ya. Later. 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 Pretty solid individual. Uh, SSI times two. The super solid individual award goes to Christian Ostrander. Dude, you know what? Like, and it's it's funny to watch his confidence grow over the last couple of years. You know, because I can remember talking to him two, three years ago. You know, he's like, "I'm just a kid. I'm just trying to figure this out." You know, and then now it's like, you know, the plums are swollen. The confidence is shining through. It is, is shining through. But it's good to have that, man. I mean, it, it, it. We talk about this all the time, and just fishing for fun, and being confident in a bait, or confident in what you're doing. But um, when you're just confident overall that you can go out, fish these things. I mean, the guy spends a ton of time on the water, so that's something oh, to understand too. Then this is just not. He's not just like some wunderkind. Like he's not. Like it's not just like innate. Like he spends a a lot of time on the water. This is his life. Mm-hmm. I guide because I love to guide and teach people. He guides because he wants to make it as a tournament angler. That is his focus. Now, don't get me wrong. He's a great guide. I'm not knocking that. Um, great guide if anybody wants to book a trip. But his goal is to go be the next Jacob Wheeler. Like, that's what he wants to do. And, and, and dude, I think he's got the talent to do it. I really do. I agree. Wholeheartedly. Yep. So we're going we're gonna, to uh, wrap this thing up. Um, this interview and coming up next, I've got, uh, Jamie and I got Mike, the, uh, the co-champion and, uh, that's coming up right meow. All right. It's time for the co-talk. 
We got Jamie Efisimo with me. Jamie, you there? Yep, I'm here. Jamie's here. Thank you for joining me, buddy. You're gonna be my you're gonna be my co-host for the Co Talk. And uh, awesome. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. I couldn't think of a better person. We had we had a lot of fun. Uh, I really appreciate you letting me stay uh, with you and your family. It was a great time. Uh, we had a blast, and we talked fishing a bunch. So I figured, why not just have you on here, oh, yeah. and, and we can talk to Mike together. Yeah, for sure. Sounds good to me. Yeah, it was a blast. Um, we got to do that again, for sure. Definitely. And you've been doing this for a while. So d- tell everybody out there kind of your background in, in fishing and, and specifically Wild West. Okay. Um, you know, like pretty much everybody, I've been fishing since probably in diapers um, <laughs> with my dad. He was the one who got me into this. And um, he never did tournaments or anything like that. We would just take the old tin boat out to Tullock and fish around there quite a bit. So um, I took it a step further once I was able to drive and, you know, finally afford a boat. I bought, I think I had a 17 and a half foot pro craft was my first boat. And uh, I would drive that around New Maloney's and Tullock quite a bit and then kind of venture off to Clear Lake every now and then and Berryessa. And then, um, let's see, probably in 2019, kind of got the itch to do the co-angler deal with Wild West. Um, let's see, Shasta was the first one, 2019. I've been fishing Shasta for, I think three years straight out of the back of uh, father-in-law's boat and mm-hmm. finally started feeling confident, catching a lot of fish. Um, sometimes beating the father-in-law from the back of the boat. I'm like, I'm going to hop in this and see how it goes. And uh, it humbled me quick. I was <laughs> definitely not as good as most of those guys. I think I ended up around 70th or 80th in the first one. Um, yeah. And then new Maloney's was the second one. And uh, I think I was top 15 after day one and then um let's see i think i caught two fish the next day and fell right out of the the check range Mm -hmm. and then that that seemed to be my that thing i for the first two years i'd have a great first day and then the second day come in with a real small limit or maybe definitely not a limit in most of them so well i mean like this year i kind of got that what's that no keep going i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you and then uh, I started fishing this year, and, you know, Shasta figured it out for two days, made top 10, got to fish the third day, and finished seventh. And then uh, just this last one at Clear Lake um, was 14th place overall. So finally got that day two figured out. You did, and you, you, had, a, you had a good first day, right? right? I mean, I, from what we talked about, you had five, five yeah. bites, you had five fish, and a good limit. Yeah, fish clean. Yeah, and a good limit. It was sixteen ninety five. My biggest was five forty, and I think I had another one over four. And uh, five bites. I mean, obviously I was fishing for more, but I'll take five and brought five in the boat, and it worked. Yeah, and all those fish were uh, were up north. We we're fishing shallow in an LV five hundred, and that's kind of what I decided I was going to do all day. And you know, I picked up a few other things throughout the day, but it wasn't working out for me. Yeah, and, and me and you both fish with Juan. I fish with Juan on Wednesday. You fish with Juan on Thursday. Great guy to fish with, right? I mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What a great guy. He, and you, you, know, can, you can learn a lot from the back of the boat with Juan. Absolutely. Yeah, it was a, it was a blast. Thanks again, Juan, uh, for everything. Uh, it, it, it's always fun fishing with him. He's, he's super laid back. But, man, he can throw all kinds of different things. 
and he seems like he, <laughs> yeah, get, he, can. he can get bit on him. And he was figuring it out too. And it was I think I think for me it was really cool just to be able to, you know, watch a guy work like Juan. Yeah, for sure. I watched him get a school fired up, and I think he threw four different baits and four different casts and caught four fish, and they're all quality fish. And that's pretty cool to watch. That was really the thing, man. Trying to figure out, you know, in those practice days, I threw a lot of different things. There was one thing that was working really well for me was the jerk bait, right? And and mm-hmm. I was able to catch it both days, but uh, but I was throwing different things and and catching some fish on different things in those two days, and it just seemed like everything changed on that uh, that first tournament day, which I which we'll get more oh, into yeah. as soon as Mike gets on, but. Mm-hmm. But you were able yeah, to. You, you, just, to you just, yeah. You, I mean, you stayed with that LV, and uh, and that was your bread and butter. Yeah. You know, so when that morning started, we, uh, I think I had my first fish in the boat within ten minutes, and then I caught that five forty about ten minutes after that. So you know, half an hour into the morning, and I got two fish in there. And they're both pretty good, and I'm like, I'm gonna stick with this. And, you know. If we stay in this area, if we start moving around, I'm going to have to throw some different stuff. But mm-hmm. we kind of stayed around that area and just I stuck with it. Yeah, and it paid off for you. It puts you in striking distance of, of top 10 easily. And then, yeah. And yeah. we'll get more into, into your second day. But, I mean, I just wanted to kind of set the stage. We got Jamie on here. He's going to be my co-angler, and we're going to talk to Mike Peterson, who was the one who 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 won the the thing on the co-angler side. Um, obviously, we we finished up with uh, with Christian a little bit earlier, and um, you know we'll talk. You know, obviously, everybody listened. We we talked to him about about winning on the pro side, but as a co, this was my first one. Obviously, you've got experience in this, but man, it's a it's mm-hmm. a whole different ball game for anybody out there that's thinking about doing this. You're gonna learn a lot, no matter how, no matter what happens. Uh-huh. Which one is that? Oh, yeah. The background is that Reed or Jace? Yeah, that was Reed. They found me. The boys. I left myself in the garage, the and boys. they found me. <laughs> I had, dude. I had so much. I had so much fun with your family. Like, I mean, if you guys want to know about like a fishing family, it's the Aficimos. <laughs> like they like from the from the youngest yep. one all the way his wife is Alyssa's totally into it i mean it was just a blast man i really appreciate yeah. it yeah um, yeah no problem i'm glad you had fun well i'm gonna um i'm gonna get mike on here but um okay. so dude after these things are done the hangover on monday from these things is brutal <laughs> and not like it's just I think like I'm on day three of a hangover. Oh man, it's still rough. Like it's Wednesday. Yeah, it's still, I'm still not caught up on sleep. I'm <laughs> still tired. I got home. I left Wednesday early Wednesday morning. I got home. I took a really long nap in the afternoon. I was like, okay, I should be good. It's still dra- <laughs> still dragging ass on Monday, and yeah, yeah. I've been in bed every night after that before uh 8 30 and i'm still kind of almost there but not yet and, almost 100 percent. yeah and you did th- and i only fished uh you fished three, three days. days i fished four i'm just yeah. like my <laughs> goodness <laughs> yeah after that shasta tournament when uh i got to fish that last day on sunday 
I called the VRBO right after, and I'm like, I need to stay up here again because there's no way I'm driving home right now. I had a 15-minute ride back to the VRBO, and I was falling asleep. Well, yeah, and Shasta's a lot further, and it's – I I mean, living in yeah. San Jose, I, I and I told you this, it's like I always thought, like, Clear Lake's a lot further. I go to, to uh, Mother Load a lot, and it's not that much further than the Mother Load. I don't know why I haven't been going up to Clear Lake more, but <laughs> maybe, maybe I don't know. After after the, the butt whooping I got, I don't I don't really want to go back to Clear Lake anytime soon, to be honest. <laughs> no, you got it. Well, I know. I mean, I, it's, 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 it's like I'm torn. It's like I need to, I, I want to go back for vengeance. I got to figure something out, yeah. you know? Yeah, you'll go back there. You'll have one epic day, and you'll be back. No, and and I fished up there before, not a whole lot. I don't fish up there a whole lot, but I've had some some good days and um, stayed up there three days a couple years ago and and caught fish every day, mm-hmm. good ones. And it just was not. I mean, the the tournament just was not what I was expecting as far as the bite. And I think you know yeah. we'll, we'll talk about this with Mike. It was just. Maybe it was because it was beat up. Maybe the weather was a little bit funky. But those first three days were pretty much cookie cut. They were the same day, it seemed like, as far as the weather yeah. went. Yeah. That wind came in on a Saturday, and it makes it tough out the back of the boat mm-hmm. when that wind picks up. and It's tough. There's Mike. Yeah. Mike, what's going on, buddy? Yes. Not much. Thank you so Not much. a heck of a lot. <laughs> well, a, a little bit of a heck of a lot. The, the champ over well, here, the champ. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. I'm actually I'm trying to get things cleaned up a little bit after all that mess this weekend. I've still got a mess of rods on. I I I unloaded my truck on Sunday and like just put everything on my boat. And I got out here and I was like, oh, I got to do this podcast and like there's just it's just it looks like a bomb went off in my boat. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. I got home Sunday, threw everything on the boat, and just went to bed. So. Yeah. So, so Mike, uh, we got Jamie on here. Uh, he's a co-angler. He 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 came in top ten at at Shasta. Did you did you fish Shasta? Yeah, I got twentieth at Shasta. Okay. Okay. So you guys kind of flip flopped because what'd you end up? Sorry, Jamie, you ended up in. Uh, f- sorry, what was it? Where Shasta? No, no, at at, at, at Clear Lake. Uh, fourteenth. Fourteenth. So you guys kind of flip flopped. Yeah. Um, but. Coming home with the W, Mike. Um, we were just talking about, yeah. you know, ha- the the conditions there and the way the bite changed. Did you did you uh, did you practice both days before, or did you practice at all? Yes. Yeah, we went down two weeks before, right before the cutoff, um, and fished for a day, and then uh, the two days of uh, official practice, we practiced. Yeah. Okay. And did you bring your? You brought your own boat and practice out there? No, no. Actually, I uh, practiced with Matt Saavedra. Okay, he fishes the Wild West stuff as well. He's the only reason I'm even fishing it this year because he wanted a travel partner, and so I said, "What the heck? I'll throw in." And cause he and I usually uh, fish team tournaments together locally and stuff like that. And so he wanted a travel partner, and I thought, "Yeah, sure, whatever. I'll give it a shot." So. That's the only reason I'm even doing it this year. Well, it worked out well. You need to thank that guy. Um, oh, I <laughs> I have many times. Well, give us a give us a rundown on kind of your background in fishing and and specifically Wild West. How long you've been doing these kind of uh, proams? You said kind of got talked into it this year. What's your What's your background? Um, I've always been 
I don't know. My dad's got pictures of me when I'm two years old and holding stringers of perch. So like, I've just always been into fishing. That's, that's always been my thing. And I, I think when I was about 21 or 22, I joined a local bass club and just fished as a co-angler doing that. And, uh, did that for 10 or 12 years, um, and had a lot of fun, learned a lot of things. Um, and then being newly married, I was trying to fish like every circuit possible. Um, and it just got to be more like work than fun. And so I just scrapped the whole tournament thing altogether and just fun fished just for myself, um, for the last 10 years, probably, um, the last pro-am I fished was an FLW at Shasta that I, I made the top 10. I think I ended up finishing an eighth. Um, but I just scrapped it and just started to fun fish just for myself. And, and then this year decided to kind of get back into it again. So this is your first tournament in how long? Uh, it's the first pro-am in at least 10 years. Wow. No, it's my second because I fished Shasta also. <laughs> That's that's pretty cool, you know. And I, I, I mean, coming from from myself, this was my first ever pro am. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a big time tournament guy, but I figure, um, I I told my wife this year I, I've got two young boys that I would you know instead of doing a bunch of team tournaments and smaller ones, I would just do a couple of the bigger ones so I can get some experience in that. Yeah, and man, what an experience it was! But it's really cool to hear, <laughs> you know you took that, that big time off and, and go out there and, and you cut a big check and, and, and win a big one. So, yeah, it, you know, yeah. I had a completely different uh, frame of mind um, going into these tournaments. Uh, when I talked to my wife about doing it, you know, I wanted to pay for all the tournaments up front. That way I didn't have to worry about the money because before I, it felt like gambling, you know, like, oh, I got to get a check in this one to fish the next one. Yeah. And it was just too much. It was just too stressful. And, you know, I, I've got, of course, I'm 45 now, a lot, a lot, a lot more information, a lot more knowledge, a lot older. And uh, it's just a different perspective, man. I'm just going out there to fish and, and have a good time and try to learn. You know, I've, I drew a great pro on the first day with Gary Collins, um, yeah. for a local guy. Yeah. And, you know, it, it opened my eyes a little bit. I've fished Clear Lake for, the last 10 or 12 years, but you know, you never stop learning. You can always learn from somebody. Mm-hmm. And, uh, even that, and at actually what I learned from him helped me the rest of the week. Absolutely. Well, so, and, and I was talking to Jamie about this and, and I, I went out with, with Juan Acosta on, on Wednesday, Jamie went out with him on Thursday. And then I fished with, with Nick Cloutier on, uh, on Thursday. And, Okay. I learned, I learned so much fishing with those guys just in practice <laughs> yeah. and, and it was just so much fun there. And this obviously both awesome dudes, a lot of fun to fish with. Um, what, what were you looking at in practice? What kind of was your, um, what was your bite and, and how did that translate into how it went during the tournament? Um, I guess for me, like I'm, I'm a big swim bait guy. I love to throw swim baits. It's clear lake. So obviously I knew for the most part, especially out of the backseat tournaments, man, that's, you're going to kill yourself if you're trying to throw swim baits. Mm-hmm. And so I just kind of threw it around for fun, um, during practice, but, um, you know, it's, it's clear lake in the spring. The fish are going to be in the bays. 
if you can find grass, that's where they're going to be. They're going to be at the creek mouth. If there's enough water for the hitch to get in, the bass are going to be in there. So that's the kind of stuff we focused on. Um, my experience, you know, when you get around Rocky Point, anything like that in a big tournament, man, you got to bring your own rock pile almost. Like, <laughs> so we just didn't even look at that stuff. Yeah. Um, because we knew there was just going to be so much pressure. And um, so just the, the normal, you know, your LVs, um, smaller swim baits is kind of the stuff I keyed on, um, a shaky head drop shot, you know, as a backseater, you, you gotta have that stuff with you and you gotta be versatile and, and not try and compete yep. necessarily with the guy up front. Yep. Cause you're just going to kill yourself doing that. Well, Jamie, I, I, I had sure. no, I had no, uh, success with a drop shot. Didn't throw it a whole bunch, but Jamie, I know you threw it a little bit. Well, um, I threw, I like the Nico rig. I love a wacky Senko out the back of the boat. Um, if we were fishing shallow, I just took the weight out and I'll just throw it up there, hoping a fish would hit it on the fall. Shake it one or two times real quick. They wouldn't eat it right away, which they normally would. Just pick it up and flip to another spot. But I do yeah. agree. Having a shaky head, drop shot, a Nico rig, something, spinning rod, you got to have a spin rod at the back of the boat. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> if your pros going pretty quick, you can definitely have that thing kind of dragging behind you if he's going fast or, you know kind of flip to a spot real quick, give it a couple of shakes and reel it up, find another spot. Yeah. 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 In practice, I did that. We went down South just to look around and, and, uh, even just throwing a Ned rig, I'd just throw it out the back and it definitely clued me into having to go slow because literally if you didn't shake it, didn't do anything, just kind of drug it along, you'd get bit. Yep. Yep. Yeah, spinning rods out the back of the boat, definitely a must. Yeah. And I, 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 I did that myself quite a bit during practice, and I, I couldn't find any any success with it. The jerkbait was – I threw four different jerkbaits, and I got bit on four different jerkbaits. So, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I was like, yeah. I'm going to try – I'm going to – you know, I got the stunner, which is, which is a sinker if you're going to fish a little bit deeper, and maybe leaned on a little bit too much, but I found some bites on a couple other baits. So I figured I was like, okay. I mean, you know, it, it seems like more of a reaction bite. Um, but Mike, talk a little bit about yeah. going into the into the tournament. You you say you drew Collins on day one, and, and what we what were you guys kind of fishing? I obviously don't. I don't want you to talk about what he's fishing, but what were you doing? Um, yeah. Let's see. The day before in practice, I kind of started to figure out an LV bite, and it was just a steady retrieve and. Um, so we got to our first spot in the morning and and I think he caught fish on his first three casts and, um, I was doing the steady retrieve thing, man. And it just, it, it wasn't happening, Mm -hmm. but what, what clued me in on it, what, what kind of made me start thinking about doing something different was he had hooked a fish. I was halfway done with my cast. I set my rod down from, from like burning it set it down, netted his fish, picked it back up, and there was a fish on it, just sitting on the bottom. Nice. So okay. Okay. The, light, <laughs> the light bulb went on, hey, maybe you need to slow down a little bit. So that's when I started kind of doing a retrieve, let it die, retrieve, let it die. And 
and that was kind of that was it the light bulb went on started getting bit and and that was and that was the key to the rest of my weekend well something i and you couldn't it's it seemed like couldn't live go ahead well i didn't mean to interrupt you but what, what you're saying is and and i think this is something i got away from in, in practice with the jerk bait i would hit that grass and i would kind of just pull it through slowly i wouldn't yeah. jerk it out and i seem to get bites on that and then i think in the yeah. tournament what happened was i got a little bit too excited and started <laughs> yeah. and started and I, I i look at back now and it's like because I, I was watching other guys around you know that were that were doing well with the jerk bait i just could not could not get him to go on it anymore and i, I think yeah. that there's those little things man and i i did a video on the patreon about this is just like slow that thing down and kind of drag it through the grass and I, I I don't I think I was just too amped up I was too excited yeah and uh, and I wasn't slowing myself down so what you're saying makes a lot of yep. sense yeah and on, on the last day you know I was man I was so jacked up and I was throwing that LV like I was going out of style and I could not get bit and uh, Tim my pro he was just going to work on him and it was so frustrating so I I picked up the Kitech finally started throwing that, got a limit and thought, you know what, I'm just going to go back to the LV and I'm going to make myself go slow. And that's when my whole day changed because I went from about a 10 pound limit to what I weighed in 23 something in just a couple of hours. Who was, who was your, who was your pro on day two? Tim Venkis. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I think he ended up in the top 10. Yeah. He's in top 10. Yeah, yeah, he finished fourth, I think. Yeah, cool. So you were able to, yeah, to so was, you you were you were able to finally pick that thing up, unlike me, and and slow yourself down and get that and get that bigger bag to put yourself up there in the top. Yeah, bag. yeah. What I had to do, what I kind of just figured out after I started to get a few bites, was lift it like kind of like when you're you're throwing a jig or something where you're just you're trying to feel every inch of that rock as you're dragging over it mm-hmm. kind of doing the same with the grass once you could kind of feel you were hung up in the grass not just ripping it out just almost kind of feathering it over yep the grass and that's that's when you get bit that makes total sense man and and thinking yeah. back now it's i knew the fish were around and and jamie you were throwing the lv a lot on day one I was, um, and I was so talk. And I, I was not very aggressive with it either. I was just kind of, like you said, just kind of getting it out of the, getting it out of the grass, and then as soon yeah. as you'd get that thing about a few inches off the grass, the fish would hit it. Yep. And I felt like if the fish were, you know, we made them. I made three hundred plus casts and only caught five fish. But <laughs> if that, I had to hit the fish like right on the head, if it landed anywhere near the fish, that fish was going to get it. You know, yeah. I don't think I was attracting those fish to me. I think I just had to hit them in the head with it, and they were striking on it. So, Mike, your your day one. What was your day one limit? Uh, Wait, I'm sorry. Sixteen and some change. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It was sixteen and some change. So you and yeah, you and Jamie were were pretty much neck and neck there, and then yeah, yeah. There was a bunch of those sixteen pound weights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys killed it on day one. They really killed it yeah. on day one. There were some big bags weighed in on the coast house. Yeah, Wait, one guy got twenty five pounds on day one. Yeah, yeah, there was a couple twenty pound bags out the back. Yeah, a lot of eighteens and nineteens, seventeens. Yeah, 
and I weighed 13, like 74 on day two, you know, low four, like 13 some. And I actually moved up three or four spots. Crazy. Yeah. Well, it seemed like it, it seemed yeah. like the guys that were on them on day two, there was some bigger, but there were, it seemed like the, the, there was a bigger gap between the guys who got them and the guys who didn't on day two. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I got lucky on day two and only had six. I only had six bites, but two of them were right at five pounds. Oh, there it is. <laughs> nice. So there it is. Yeah. It, nice. That you know that made that made the difference. <laughs> so give, give us the breakdown then of championship day. I'm I'm waiting with bated breath. I want to know kind of you know <laughs> where you were fishing. Not not of course not specifics, but north or south, and kind of what you guys were around and and how you got it done that day. I mean that day started cold. I left Sunday morning and it was frozen out there. <laughs> yeah, it was it was cold, and we uh we stayed up north. Um, and it was, I don't know why or how it managed it, but we were the only boat there. Um, I figured there'd be some weekend guys there, somebody there, because the guy I fished with on the second day, we were about a hundred yards from where Tim was and we got to watch the whole thing go down. Him and his co-angler, they both had 20 something pounds and they were just wrecking them. So I already kind of knew where we were going, knew what, I saw what they were doing. So I kind of knew what was, what the potential was for that spot. And, uh, we got down there and it was like crickets, man. There was just nothing going on. And, uh, he finally picked up, um, a Kitek and, and caught one, caught one almost six. And, uh, and that kind of ding. Okay. They, they want finesse. They don't want something, uh, making a bunch of noise. And we both got limits, I don't know, within an hour or so after we kind of figured that out. Um, and then I uh, went, I figured, you know what? The only chance I have of winning this is just throwing an LV. So I started doing that. And literally my first cast with an LV, I think I caught a Ford, called the fish out, um, threw back out there. I think I got like three or four bites in a row, but I missed them. Um, but they were just, I don't know how a fish can hit an LV so hard and not get a hook in them. I said this. I said this. All that's three what they days, were doing. All all four days yeah. that I fished, I said, "How am I getting bit?" And there's literally six points on that bait, and not one of them. <laughs> yeah. can it blows yeah, your mind. Exactly. It blows your mind. Yep. <laughs> yep. And uh, so we kind of went through a little dry spell for a half hour or so, and then, and it was. I got to thank Tim so much because he. The way the wind was blowing, he had the boat anchored, you know, spot locked, and man, it gave me the open shot where those fish were at out the back. And he never once tried to block me, do anything like that, because he was throwing a different bait, making a little bit different cast. Um, but I caught uh, that seven. I don't, and it was a weird bite. It was like a wet sock, and I just lifted up, and it felt like grass, but it was just a little heavy. So I set the hook and, you know, it ended up being a seven. Oh man. Um, yeah. And then I think it, and it seemed, it was weird. It was like, we'd go, we'd get like two or three bites and then it'd go quiet and half hour, hour go by. We'd get two or three bites and go quiet. Mm -hmm. So an hour or so went by after I caught that seven, finally got calmed down a little bit. And then they started eating again 
and I was able to call everything out and I ended up with well, a seven and just fours. And that was about noon, noon or 1230. And I, I kind of just sat on the back deck and went, Oh crap. You know, I've got over 22 pounds, man. This, I, I might actually win this. And <laughs> I just, it was just, it was a crazy rush of emotions. And I just kind of sat there and Tim actually looked back at me and he goes, what are you doing? How come you're not fishing? I go, man, what am I going to do? I've got a seven and all fours. Like I don't know what else I can do. And I, so I just kind of relaxed. I man had a candy bar. Um, I kind of just stood around. I actually held the net because I knew Tim was going to catch a fish. So, you know, I just kind of had the net sitting next to me and I was just ready to net fish for him at that point. Um, and it kind of go, I, I thought of something that, Bill Townsend had said to me the night before when we were at dinner, he said, man, just, just soak it up and enjoy it. Cause it doesn't happen very often. Yes. And it kind of hit me. Yeah. I was sitting, sitting back there and, and I could just hear him in the back of my head going, man, it just doesn't, you know, just enjoy it and soak it in. So I just kind of stood there and looked at the scenery and listened to the birds and just kind of, you know, the day had started warming up. So it felt good. And, uh, man, we just, I just enjoyed the rest of the day knowing that I did everything I could. And man, if somebody else had a, a better sack than I did, man, more power to them. Um, that was definitely my best weight in a, in a tournament one day weight. So you know, I just, it was one of those things, man, there's just not much else I can do. So actually I picked up a depth 250 and just kind of tossed that around the rest of the day <laughs> just for the heck of it. Cause, there you go. Cause I, I love throwing it. It makes, you know, I love, it's just something about that bait. I feel so comfortable throwing it. I just kind of threw it around just for the heck of it, man. Who knows? Yep. And, uh, and so that's, you know, towards the end of the day, we ran farther up closer to the weigh in and Tim needed a couple more four pounders. And, um, it was so weird. It was just kind of was like, you know, you can't do anything wrong that day. So Tim had hooked a fish and he was on a spinning rod. It's coming to the boat. And I was standing there with the net and the fish came out of the water face first. And that bait just came flying back at him. And I didn't even think about it twice. I just kind of stuck the net out a little bit. That fish landed in the net (laughs) and I just set it on the deck and walked to the back. And he looked at me and goes, are you kidding me? Did you just catch that fish? And I go, yeah, dude, it's just one of those days. And it was a four pounder. He was able to call up a pound or so, you know, and, and, Literally, I didn't make another cast for the last hour of the tournament. I just kind of just watched everything and just, and was a nervous wreck inside. But just, oh my god, it was just I don't know, just one of those days. That's a great story, Mike. Holy yeah, cow! Yeah, it was it was crazy. <laughs> taking it all in, taking it all in. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, what a cool feeling to. You know, it's always neat to get five bags, but to you grab two bags and and walk up there and stand in line and you know it's you know I was when I was a kid I never watched cartoons I always watched fishing shows whether it's Bill Dance or Hank yeah. Parker yeah. you know the Bassmaster tournaments that's I got up at four o'clock in the morning on Saturdays as a you know as a six year old on up to watch that stuff that's just what I that was me and to to be on stage on the final day of a big pro-am and win it, man, it was just, it was 
crazy. I, it still hasn't even sunk in yet because I literally came home, went to work after I came home, slept for four hours, went to work, and the last three days have been fourteen hour days. Get home, eat, go to bed. Like I haven't even really had time to 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 take it in yet. Well, congratulations to you, man. It's a it's a testament, man. You you, I I just think it's it's amazing. You you went so many years and just jumped into this, and absolutely. Yeah. got dialed you know and it's funny you guys talk about the lv it's like this is the only thing i caught fish on during the tournament and i what i i caught one i caught one on day one and i caught i didn't have any on in in the boat at at like 215 on day two um i was nick welton that day and we had gone to a place he had he had done really well at uh the day before and that bite just wasn't there anymore and kind of ran all over and and uh end of the day i was able to put you know two on one three pounder and and a smaller one with the lv but that that seemed like the only way i could get a bite and it it, from what you guys are telling me that really was it was the bait but it it really came down to how you threw that bait (laughs) yeah and also i caught you know uh my second five on the second day with like 45 minutes left in the day on a four inch high tech. It was, and the high tech was pretty important because one, it would give me my limit, but it was one of those things that I knew if I just kept throwing it, I would get bit. Mm-hmm. Now, whether it was just a keeper or, you know, a five pounder, who knows, you know, you never know on that lake, but that was a huge confident bait, confidence bait for me also just, just to keep throwing it. So you were just you were just throwing a, a straight Kitech, no spinner, no underspin, nothing like that. Just a straight. Um, I would. Well, I I threw the same color Kitech, four inch Kitech, but it would either be on a three sixteenth ounce ball head, or the easy or the flashy spinner. Yep. Yep. I think is what it was called. Mm-hmm. And uh, I caught fish. If it was clear water, I would throw just the ball head. But if it had any color to it, I would throw the the flashy swimmer. Yep. And so, on all, how much time did you spend south during the tournament? About an hour. (laughs) The second day, yeah. yeah, The second day, guy Drew, he was super good guy, man, and and he he really had something down south he wanted to go look at, and that was one of the craziest boat rides of my life. Um, oh, I took that ride. I, 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 I yeah, we, <laughs> day I two, I had, I had, the cra- I had the craziest boat ride of my life day two as well. So <laughs> yeah, we, oh, got, we got all the way down there and, uh, I think I caught one little bitty guy on a rock pile when the wind finally died down and then we decided to head back up North. Um, but yeah, we were down there for maybe an hour and then came right back up. Yeah. But I told I told the guy I said you know if if we need to go down there let's go down there because if we don't you're gonna you're gonna be kicking yourself the whole time for not going down there so if we got to do it let's go do it. Mm-hmm. Well, so, so I, I want to hear from I want to hear from both you guys um, as someone who's new yeah. to this. How much? How important is it? I, I mean, I, I and I want to be real careful about the way that I put this question, but. How how important is drawing a good boater for I mean a co-leader? Obviously it's important, but how important? Can you can you overcome maybe a boater who's not who's maybe doesn't have it 
all dialed in? Can you figure out something that maybe they're not? And and uh, Mike, I'm going to let Jamie t- uh, answer this one, and then I want to hear your mm-hmm. your your take as well. Yep, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll start on drawing a really you know accomplished angler as a pro. You're going to be around fish, that's for sure. But the double-edged sword is he's probably going to catch them all, you know. So <laughs> what I try to do is keep an eye on what he's doing, where he's casting, and what he's using, and try and do something a little bit different. Um, and obviously not cast to where he's casting. And, um, you know, and, and at that point, if he's slowing down, then I'll try and slow down. But I just try not to do what he's doing, unless it's working. You know, if he's catching a bunch of fish, then... <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what he's doing, just maybe a little different, maybe a different color, different greater speed retrieve or something. And then as far as drawing maybe someone who's not familiar with the lake, you know, you just go fishing. Um, I drew a guy down south in LA and he told me during practice, he practiced, I think it was the championship. I think he practiced three days for those. And he's like, I caught two fish in three days of practice up at Clear Lake. And then I think, oh, well, let's just go fishing, you know, let's have a good time, you know, talk, shoot the shit. And then, uh, I think after that day, about midway through the day, I figured something out and I was leading on the coast side after that day. And he, mm-hmm. we just figured something out during that day. And I think I brought in almost 18 pounds and he brought in 16 pounds and he was in top 10, I think. And I was leading. So you never know. Awesome. You, just, you never know. Just go fishing. Have fun good <laughs> yeah so mike what, what 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 are your thoughts i mean and, I, and i've heard this on the delta it's a little bit different but on clear lake obviously Ooh. if you can if you can get some of those you know local hammers you, they're going to put you on the fish yeah yeah you got an advantage right off the bat yeah <laughs> um but in the same respect though i mean i think it's something i kind of learned a long time ago though too um it's just like you were saying, do something different. Um, I've heard horror stories of, of co-anglers, mostly like in, in, in the club days, they would see where you cast and literally try to cast right next to you. And you, you got to be courteous. You got to be nice. Um, I always ask my guys that I draw before we even blast off. Okay. What are you comfortable with? Like, mm-hmm. I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to mess up anything. You know, what, how do you want to go about netting fish? Do you want to net them? Do you, you know, how do you want to do it? And I think that kind of sets the tone for the day, because if you start getting antsy and trying to push and get close, man, they're going to they have, at least my opinion, they have every right to stick you in the two leaves. You know, yeah. and, and they will. Yeah. especially they will. Yeah. And it's, especially on Clear Lake, you know, it's hard to defend anything on Clear Lake. You got lots of water, especially in the spring when you're fishing in the bays up north. And you never know where those fish are at. I caught fish in a foot of water or where their, fin, their top fin should have been sticking out of the water. And I caught fish out in 11 feet of water. Like you just, you just never know. And yeah do something different, something you have confidence in, usually something slower, smaller, um, just different, different all the way around. And you just never know, man. You just never know. I will say from 
from someone this is my first time and I was really uh, concerned and I asked both Juan and, and Nick about this when during practice, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big etiquette guy. Like I, 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 yeah. I put a lot of, uh, I put a lot of onus on that because I, I, I think it's important to, to understand the etiquette that goes into this. And so I did not find it's not difficult at all. You know, you get out there with your guy, you talk to him. There's the obvious lines you don't cross, and man, especially if you're if you if you're fishing up north, you're on flats. There's no reason you need to be casting up on your on your pro. I mean, it was just yeah, for, and that was yeah. easy, right? I mean, the delta. There's other places where it might be a little bit tougher, but what I found, <laughs> what I found both with. With Vince Bernal, who I fished with on day one, and and Nick Welton on day two, both of them were, I mean, real easy to work with. Like I'm, if if I, there were a couple times I made a miscast, and I was like, I'm, I apologize, and I pulled it back in quick. And they were both like, dude, don't worry about it, just go fishing, like it's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. And at that point, we <laughs> yeah. we kind of all were just like trying to figure out what was going on. So, um, I, I would say, and I think. That was one of the things coming into it where I was a little bit, um, I don't know, what's the word? Um, I don't know, just reticent, you know? And I think a lot of guys that come mm-hmm. into this, so they're worried about, you know, you know do, am I going to do the right thing? And so I want to ask you guys, too, yeah. um, a question for everybody out there who's thinking about going into something like this. What are, you know, if you could say three things, like don't forget these three things. You know, when I asked a couple guys about this, uh, what are the three things that you forget the most or the things that you, that really are important as a, as a co-angler, what would those be? Michael, start, I'll start with you. I'll start with you, Mike. Okay. Uh, boy, that's, God, that's a tough one because there's, I forget <laughs> stuff all the time, but <laughs> I, I, I notice that I take a couple of bottles of water and a couple of Snickers bars. That's, first things that go in my bag. Um, you're going to be able to fish the rest of the day. If you have something in your stomach and you got some water, I mean, I notice if I don't do that, man, by noon, one o'clock, man, I'm not as sharp. So I try and, you know, I try and take care of my body first. Um, other than that, uh, most of your pros are, all, you know, they're going to have, uh, balance beams, you know, um, scales, but I think as a backseater, man, you really, you can have your own balance beam, your own coal clips, all that other stuff. Just have, try and keep your core stuff to what you're confident in, whether it's a drop shot, um, a Ned rig, um, just try and keep it simple. You mean you mean just keeping keeping your keeping your tackle your, simple yeah, your and tackle make sure you organized, got what you need. Keep it and, simple. Yeah. 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 Um yeah. as far as like individual things, I can't really think of anything other than taking care of yourself and having some food and some water, but like just be organized and keep it simple. All right. Jamie? <laughs> okay. Um one we talked about were those rod sleeves. I love having rod sleeves on my rods out the back to back because it almost eliminates tangles. You know, you put one rod down with a rod sleeve, grab another one, pull that rod sleeve off, and it's not tangling up with anything. Um, let's see. That, 
again, just being organized. Like Mike said, you know, you don't want to start leaving tackle boxes on the box or on the seat. And then when the <laughs> crow pulls up, the, you know, you got to you pull your tackle box out. You grab a hook and a weight. You grab a bag of worms. You throw that on the seat. You make your first cast. The pro says, let's go. Trolling motors up. His rods are strapped. Now you're trying to f- throw stuff in your bag as fast as you can. Yeah. He wants to go. So yeah. I would definitely, you could grab a bag of worms, take a worm, either put that bag in your pocket or throw it back in your, in your, uh, tackle box or your bag. Um, what else? I like to have a six cold tag on me. So if I catch a fish to call, I'll clip it with number six, throw it in there and then I'll pull out, you know, one, two, three, whatever. I think my two smallest fish are either weigh them again or balance beam them. Okay. Choose the smallest fish, throw that one back, grab six, put it on two. And then, you know, I just have an extra cold tag for calling purposes. I found that helps a lot. But just having that extra cool tag in general, right? I mean, you yeah, you're yeah, it's, it's nice to. It's not. It's nice to not have a fish in your lap while you're trying to grab two and three, and <laughs> you know, put them on a put them on a balance beam, trying to pin that fish down with your elbow. You know, clip it with six, throw it in the live well. You know, find your smallest fish. You know, throw that one back, clip it on number two. That fish that was on six, and you're you're back to fishing. It's just a lot of little. After you uh, do a few of these, kind of kind of figure out little things that fits you per- better, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I would, all of those are great. I would say the biggest thing for me was uh, your, your coal tags. And I, Jamie just talked about it, but like, first of all, remember to bring coal tags because that's, that's important. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. um, and then yeah, don't, le- don't leave them in the, in the live well of, of your boater. Cause that happened um, day one <laughs> for me. So when you go to take your fish out to go away, at that time, take those cold tags out and at least put them on the deck of the boat, because if they're in that live well and you've got a, you, you know, you're helping your pro get the boat out of the water, you're getting all your other stuff, you're gonna forget those. So that that's that's my one piece of advice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, one thing I, I, if you buy cold tags, typically they come seven. I always get rid of one because I've never personally done it, but I've heard of it happening. You know, coming in with six fish, mm-hmm. you get DQ'd. Yep. You always make yeah. sure you got one laying around, that there's one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you have one left. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll put, I'll, I'll, I, what I did was I left one in my bag and I put the five in the well. So, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that, these are the little things and they, they can make your life a lot easier. And, and what Jamie said about um, rod sleeves, I usually don't use them. Um, and for the two days that I practiced in the first day, I did not have them and I used them on day three. I mean, or I'm sorry, on day two, I, uh, at that point, I, I think I was, uh, the anguish of only catching one fish on day one kind of passed. I got to, I got to hang out with uh, Jamie and his, his awesome family that night. And I kind of just was like, you know, it's my first time. Like I'm going to calm down here and, and just have fun the next day. But I went ahead and, and kept the sleeves on. And, um, that did help a lot. Like I didn't have to worry a lot about tangles and, but you do got to make sure that you have some kind of strap cause you're going to lose those. Yeah. Unless they're yeah. Strapped. Or you strap yeah. them good. I mean, some, some strapped mine on that on that uh, rough boat ride on the second day, I had them strapped with a little neoprene strap. That came off, and two rod sleeves came off. Oh, <laughs> First ride God. in the morning, that's how bad it was. Yeah, good times. So, so, yeah. so, Mike, 
what what <laughs> I would say like what was your big takeaway from this and are are is it has this got like light is this lit a fire under you? You're gonna be you're gonna be more gung ho for the next couple of years getting back into these things, or is this just uh well, I'll do it this year and we'll see what happens next year. I honestly that's kinda how I'm looking at it. We're just gonna I'm just gonna take it one tournament at a time and I something I've noticed as I've gotten older and especially with fishing you got a family. I, I try to be committed to as few things as possible because it seems like no matter what, there's a tournament scheduled and it's on a family function and you know, it just always, it causes problems. It causes problems, especially if you have kids. I don't, we don't have kids. So that's that part has never been a problem, but it's just, it's hard. It's very, very difficult. I'm blessed. I have a wonderful wife that understands that I am an idiot for fishing and she's, <laughs> she's very understanding, you know, and, and she, but you've got to have some give and take. And so I, my, we're going to go to the Columbia river next. Um, and I, I think right now I'm like in a three way tie for third place, uh, for angler of the year. Uh, we're going to go to the Columbia, um, never been there before. going to go see how that shakes out. I really don't want to go to the Delta. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, if I'm, if I'm really the Delta and I, we don't get along very well. Uh, the first time I went down to the Delta was as a backseater in a club tournament and I won it with 10 pounds a day drop shotting and been back twice since. And I think in the total of four days I've caught two fish. So I, I just, not a huge fan of the Delta. So Delta is which a, she's is a dirty silly. she's a dirty mistress. That Delta, yeah, yeah. she's a tough yeah. one. Yeah, um, like my buddy Matt, you know, he can go down there. One day I was fishing a local lake up here, and I had caught I think I had twenty four pounds for four fish of spotted bass, and I'm so I'm sending him pictures, thinking I'm all this and that and the other, and then he sends me a picture of two tens that he had just caught mm-hmm. on a chatterbait <laughs> down there. Yeah. So I, you know, I know what the Delta is, but I just don't like it. So I don't know. And then hopefully, you know, make the championship in November on Shasta if there's enough water and, uh, I just kind of see where it goes from there. Um, it would, I, I actually had a thought on the way home was like, man, I could just walk away a winner right now and never do it again and be okay with that. But, <laughs> But I paid for three tournaments, so uh, we're going to go to the Columbia and see what happens. So yeah, you so you did the uh, you did the the lock up, the lockup right where you paid for everything yes. up front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mama said it was okay, so I did yeah. it. All right, all right. Well, <laughs> hey, she gave me yeah, she gave me okay. So Jamie, I need to hear if you're going to go if if uh, Alyssa talked you into going to Columbia. What's the deal? Oh, you know she did. You know she did. <laughs> she did. Uh, we're going to the Columbia. <laughs> we're going to. He's going to Columbia. So we're going. Where, where we're are you sitting we're in taking a, the road trip? Where are you sitting in AOI right now, Jamie? I might be in that three-way tie with Mike. Um, I'm up there, probably, definitely top five. I think when I kind of calculated calculated out, I was with, in a tie with somebody. I don't remember who, but I'm I'm, right. I'm up there enough to make me want to go take the ride to the Columbia. I've never fished it either. Just gonna go up there and see what happens, and then the Delta, of course. I'm pretty sure I'm gonna I'm gonna fish the Delta. Um, as tough as I've heard it is from the back of the boat. Like I said, I'm gonna, I've the two tournaments that I planned this year were both Wild West, so I'm, 
hopefully I'll see you guys out there and I won't, I won't be at Columbia, but I, I wish you guys both the best. If there's, <laughs> if there's anything uh, either of you want to leave for, and I, and I think what, there was six boats that didn't have co-anglers on them. There was a hundred, what, how many, how many boats? 150? Uh, yeah, yeah something, like something like that. Maybe that, a little maybe. less, right? Maybe a little less. Might have been a little less, but somewhere right around there. Right around there. And there was, I heard something about six boats that didn't have co-anglers on them. So what, yeah. I, what I would say is like anybody who's, who's just curious about fishing tournaments, if you don't have a boat, if you want to go have a, a great experience. Now I, I got my butt kicked. I would not change anything. I, I mean, I learned so much. It was an amazing experience. And now I get to talk about it a little bit more um, intelligently <laughs> when I, when I talk to people from wild yeah. west, which I do on here pretty often. And uh, I get to yeah. hang out with great, great guys like Jamie. I get to, you know, compete against guys like like mike who are absolute sticks so what uh what would you guys tell somebody who's maybe on the fence thinking about uh you know trying out one of these deals um i'll go ahead and answer i mean if you're on the fence about fishing this um you know entry fees 400 bucks you know a decent amount of money but you know you couldn't have a chance to fish with the Cody Meyer or an Ish Monroe or John Pearl or mm-hmm. Wayne Brazil, any of these guys, you know, I mean, I fished with Cody Meyer at Chasta and that's something I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. You know, you're going to learn, you know, get it, jump in there. You know, if you're confident, you can catch some fish, you're going to catch some fish and you have enough opportunity to possibly draw somebody and you're going to really learn some stuff that you've never thought about doing or just going to see how a, a different angler approaches a lake or, body of water and how they break it apart and it, you definitely learn a lot mike yeah i you know i'm not saying the way i did it was right it just worked well for me i uh joined a, a local bass club and fished as a non-boater for mm-hmm. probably eight years and not that you have to do it that long but man there's a lot to learn you know from just a a kid with a float tube that goes fishing every day after work, you know, to fishing out of somebody else's boat and the etiquette that goes with that. And, you know, learning how to fish behind somebody. And, you know, once you, I, you know, once you do that and you feel comfortable, I think stepping up to a pro-am or something like that is, is a great way. Like you're saying, man, you never know who you're going to draw. Um, I've drawn guys that it was their first tournament fishing as a pro and they didn't do any pre-fish, um, to, you know, a local stick that knows that lake, you know, knows where every little stick and tire and everything else is, (laughs) you know, uh, that holds fish. So, but just, you know, I don't, I would, if it were me, I wouldn't just jump right into fishing something like a wild west pro-am if i've never fished out of a bass boat or yeah you know never competed in something like that i think the club you know a local club is a great way to start um but uh i I tell you what it's it's been a a great experience i've fished two flw uh pro-ams and have fished two wild west now and uh, wild west is awesome yeah it's yeah it was a great format um great feeling man they take care of everybody well well ran well organized it was it's been it's been a lot of fun i was blown away by how well organized everything was 
and how yeah. everything was just like it really is. boom, boom, boom. Like it was, there's no yeah. messing around. It's really well run. It's, I mean, it's just, it, it feels very professional. And, but I, yeah. but I think Mike, you make, you bring up a great point. Like you, you kind of do need to know your way around a boat. Um, if you've got to take the helm for any reason after like putting the boat on yeah. or taking the boat off, you got to know how to run a trolling motor. You got to know how to use those power poles. I mean, there's, Tons of little things uh, that you could find yeah. yourself. I mean, like, I'm not saying that, that if you tell your, your boater, hey, I know nothing, that they're not going to take care of you. But it's a lot easier if you do know your way around a boat um, to do those, for sure. Because Yeah, yeah. Yeah, even different trolling motors, because I, I have a Ghost, and I don't use <laughs> Minn Kotas and Yeah. So there's, there's others, little, there's little things you, you, you gotta be confident in, in being able to, to yeah. find your way around a boat. So I would say that is a very, very good point. Yeah. Cause there's little things like stepping on a seat or, you know, I mean, there's yes. not yes. have, I, yes. I typically fishing out of the back of the boat. I always have my PFD on because if that guy decides he's ready to rock, man, I need to throw my rod down and, and be ready to go. Yeah. You don't want them waiting on you to put, find your life jacket, put it on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. all that yeah, other kind of jazz. Um, I've seen guys with just giant tackle boxes, dude, that won't fit in a back compartment. They got to keep it up front, you know, or in the middle somewhere. And it's just, it can be so yeah. bad. You know, don't eat fried chicken and get it in their carpet <laughs> in the back, you know, or dump out smelly <laughs> jelly. Like, so- I mean, there's so many little things <laughs> that, you know, c- can make your day really rough. You, if you do something silly. If if you want if you want to have a good day out there with these guys, you need to go on there thinking about them first and you second. Is is what I would yeah. say. Like think of, sure. they, yeah, this is sure. their boat. They've paid a lot more. They're the ones paying for gas. Before I forget, you have to tip these guys. You have to give them some gas oh, money. Yeah. I mean, it's not a tip. Oh, like yeah. give them gas money. Like 40 yeah. now yeah. it used to be 40, now like 40, 50 bucks. You got to give them something. And yeah, yeah I gave nice. all my guys sixty bucks. So that's what I gave. I gave sixty, and it was worth it because yeah. we drove around a lot. It's important yeah. to, to give these guys money uh, for the gas. It's getting more and more expensive, so make sure you do that. But I mean, yeah. just when you go into this, think of it like a guide trip because you're you're paying what four hundred and what what was the entry four ninety? I mean, did it so long ago. So if you think about that, there are some guides that will charge that for one day. So you're getting two oh, days, yeah. two days and a chance to make a check. You need to give, you know, so there you go. 40, 40 to yeah. 60 bucks at least. And it's, I'm not, yeah. a lot of guys don't have a whole bunch of money. Yeah, give what you can at least. Like give yeah. them something mm-hmm. because it, I think, and I, and I talked to Nick about this is like, if, it, it's the thought that counts really because these guys are out there. They're spending a lot of money. Their entry is a lot bigger than yours. Um, there's a lot more on the line. So, um, yeah, but that's important. But I, yeah. I thought it was funny when you, when you mentioned uh, fried chicken crumbs in the seats, uh, I think <laughs> oh, it was day, Oreos. Day, yeah. I've seen it all day, day two. When that rain started falling, all of a sudden the, the clear Lake gnats came out like crazy. And, oh uh, God! Yeah, me, me and, <laughs> everywhere. Me and me and well, me and Nick uh, were covered, and we're both all in our <laughs> ring gear. And I look over at him, and and his entire back is covered in these gnats. And I, I'm, I've got him crawling down the inside of my my ring gear at my neck, 
and and we're we're just fishing and we're both having like terrible day like not doing well and uh and in my mind i'm like what i like this is like it's raining i'm covered in bugs i don't have any fish on the boat and i'm thinking in my mind like what what i what i if i could take this back would i just say i would never do this and i was like no and not, mm-hmm. I swear to you, not 30 seconds later, Nick looks back and he goes, this is, this is awful. He's like, but I love this shit so much. And mm-hmm. I it's like, that yep. is like, I was like, I was just <laughs> thinking the same thing covered in bugs, bugs all over the carpet. I'm like, I feel so bad as both. He goes, he goes, Joel, uh, one thing I'm going to ask, d- don't step on any of those gnats on the carpet. You're gonna lose. <laughs> 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 Nick was a lot of fun to fish with. Both him and Vince were were fun to fish with, and I'm sure you guys, your your boaters were fun to fish with as well. I mean, it's it's so much fun. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. I I think you usually get good. Yeah, there's just like what you were explaining. You know, you wouldn't do it any other way or do anything else, and that's something that if you don't feel that way and you try to explain, or if you feel that way and you try to explain it to somebody that doesn't get it man they never will it just no no it's something that's just in you it's just inside you and you know there's there's something about like clear like just itself anytime whether i'm watching tv or even at shasta you hear the greaves yeah first thing i think of is clear lake you know there's Mm -hmm. a smell a clear lake smell you smell that clear lake you know And, and it's those little things that if you haven't experienced it you just don't get it and and it's just it just gets you all the way down in your gut. Down in the plums yeah. is what I would say. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> down to the plums. That's yeah. right. I love the intro yeah. to your show and the, and the end of it. It's, those are some of the best lines. I just love it. makes me giggle every time I listen to it. And that that's, I mean, when I reach out to guys like you or like, man, it sticks and you're like, oh, dude, I love the podcast. I'm just, it's so weird to me. And the whole oh yeah the whole time this weekend was weird and guys you know and and I try to keep the my personal stuff and the podcast very separate but it's kind of hard to do that but um, yeah man it's so it's so much fun and the amount the the people you meet like every, everybody out there like the oh, people yeah. you meet out here like these are the pe- these are your people if you're really into fishing you're yeah. you're going to be in hog heaven because it doesn't matter what doesn't matter where you come from. As long as you come in with a good attitude, you're going to meet some amazing people and you're going to have some great conversation. Yeah. I remember, you know, when I was a kid in high school, man, if you fished, you were, you were a dork, you know, you didn't talk about that stuff. And it's crazy with social media now and podcasts and all that stuff, man, I just can't get enough of it. I listen to the cast and crank podcast a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Nick, you know, I mean, it's just, God, once I found that stuff, it was like, oh, these are my people. This There's is other people. what I've been looking for my whole life. Yeah, it's not just yeah. me. I'm not the only crazy one. Yeah. I've and, been listening uh, to them two and three times. I'll just listen yeah. to one, you know, repeat. And about a month later, I'll listen yeah. to it again. It's yep, just, I like absolutely. the fishing talk. Yeah, yeah, because it just, and yeah, there's just nothing like it. There is not. Well, boys, I'm going to I'm going to leave it open to you. You got anything else to say? Anything uh anybody you want to thank uh over the weekend? I mean, there's I mean, there's tons of people that uh that I'd like to thank. We we we're doing one with, with we're doing the intro and we're doing a Christian, so I'm going to say that all then, but I definitely do want to want to thank uh Vince Bernal. Um 
and Nick Welton again, um, and Nick Cloutier and uh, and Juan Acosta. Um, Juan Acosta, especially Mike Hummel for letting me stay there that night, and Jamie, you you guys for having me. It was there's a lot that goes into yeah. these things. So if you guys have anybody you want to thank, sponsors, anything like that, this is your chance. Um, I just want to, yeah, I'll just thank, uh, you know, Juan for taking me out with not even knowing who I was, you know, Joel, you set that up and he's like, if this guy's kind of weird, I'm just going to drop him (laughs) off the dock and go back out. But if if that didn't happen, we fished all day. (laughs) That was cool. And then, uh, my day one pro was Steve Hooper. Um, great guy. Shout out to him. And then, uh, Steve Klein, I fished with day two was my pro. Another great guy. He was so pumped for me. Um, I had a rough start to the morning, lost three out of my first, no, four out of my first five fish. And then when I finally Ooh. got that fifth fish in the boat, he was high-fiving me. He was happy for me. It's, you know, guys like that, that's awesome. And then, uh, you know, you, Joel, you met my wife. She puts up a lot with those two little kids. And, you know, she's busy, and I'm out there fishing, you know, living my dream. She's, so she, was, she is so jacked up for you, man. I mean, it's so cool watching you guys. Like, she is yeah. all about it. Dude, Mike, she knows, like, every guy's name. She probably knows, <laughs> dude, awesome. she probably knows your name, dude. Like she knows everybody. Now that he won, for sure. Now that he won, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, she's like she's tracking everybody, who... and and dude, Jamie, we didn't even get into like your your day two was like a completely different bite. You were you were flipping docks with a chatterbait. That's yeah, crazy. I. Uh, yeah, once we started doing our deal, I'm like, well, I'm gonna stick with this chatterbait. You know, that water was kind of kind of rough. You know, the wind was blowing. I was trying to get that reaction chatterbait fish going and. Like I said, four out of the first five fish came off and literally at the boat with the pro, with the net, you know, the fish was just digging down and pop. Next one, fish came up, he went to go scoop it, my chatterbait went up, fish went down. It was just, Mm. ah, every every rod I wanted to snap, but you know, you just (laughs) (laughs) kind of took a few deep breaths. What I did was uh, just drank some coffee, ate my sandwich, kind of regrouped for like three or four minutes and, you know. Went fishing, caught a fish. My next fish was a little over four. So I was like, all right, you know, there's a decent fish. And the rest of the day kind of worked out. I never lost a fish after that. Yeah. And it didn't, but it, it makes, uh, it makes you question what you're doing when you're losing fish. And, you know, you're in, I think I was in 17th place after day one. And, you know, here we go again. Here comes the day two blues. But, uh, you figure it out. You get the fish in the boat and you have a good day. Well, you were still able to put a, put a, uh, decent limit on the boat and uh yeah and you got, you got yeah. paid so you got and you're paid. right and yep. you're right up there you're right up there with mike uh in the aoi i can't wait to watch you two go head to head the rest of this deal <laughs> there's a bunch there's a few guys that are up there uh-huh. there's a lot of guys yeah. that had good two first tournaments you know yeah so it'll be fun uh race to shake out so mike yeah it's it's, it's your turn whoever you like to thank man well i got i don't know i feel like i have a huge list but my wife uh we got Katie, a lot of time, sure, Mike. Man. She, we got a lot of time. Go ahead. She's been okay. She's been my just number one supporter in this whole thing, almost forcing me, like saying, "No, you're going to go fish these this year." Um, and she just she's she's my rock, man. She's fantastic. Um, my my parents um, have just always been super supportive. You know they drive me somewhere and drop me off to go fishing uh, when I was a kid before I could drive it. And, uh, God, the guys I stayed with, um, Matt Saavedra, um, he fishes on the pro side. 
um, out of the Coors boat. Mm-hmm. Um, my best, best friend, and he's the only reason why I'm doing it this year. Um, and our buddy, Mike Kirk, he fishes on the pro side as well. Uh, Bill Townsend, um, if you know fishing at all, especially around Shasta, you know that name. Um, and Nick Woods, they, they all were so supportive and gave me nothing but encouragement the whole time, you know, Hey, you're going to win this thing tomorrow. And, uh, you know, those guys, you know, they actually gave me the confidence to, to do what I needed to do. Um, Spiralite rods, uh, the rod that I was throwing, um, my LV on, I don't know that any other rod would have let me feel and move that LV the way I did. And, uh, last but not least, Phil's propellers, um, up here in Reading. If you've ever fished Shasta, you've been there mm-hmm. and you, you know, that tackle store, I worked there when I was younger and, uh, and they're just all a bunch of great guys and all they want to do is help everybody. And, and for a local tackle store, you got to support local if you can. And those guys are great. And yes. uh, man, there's so many friends and family that I, people that I've been getting text messages from and phone calls from that I haven't heard from in years, you know, congratulating me. I just, you don't know how many people are out there watching and supporting you, you know, until until something like this happens sometimes. And then you realize, you know, the kind of support group you have and the people that are thinking positive thoughts for you. And it's, it's, uh, I can't even think of all their names right now, but that's about it. Well, Mike, I mean, I, I, Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, thank you for sharing everything you have. And uh, yeah, man, great work, Jamie. Okay, someone's banging on my garage door. Um, <laughs> this is what happens when you uh, run a podcast out of a garage. Yeah, but uh, I want to thank both of you guys, man. This has been a, a blast, and uh, for me, it was it was eye opening to do this, and it was it's a it's just so cool to have you both on here to, to do this podcast. I think it's going to be a good one. So I, I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and, man. Uh, congrats to you on that win, Mike. That was awesome. Well, congrats to you too on your, on your finish. Um, Thank I can't you. wait to actually yeah. meet you face to face. Yeah. I'll look out for you after the Columbia. Good. Yep. That'll be an interesting trip. <laughs> oh, <good>. it will. <laughs> we're, I'm, no I'm, idea what I'm doing, but we're going. <laughs> We're gonna be yep. watch. We're gonna be watching you two very closely to see how this shakes cool. out. And maybe yeah. after the end of the season, we'll have you both back on to see who came out on top. I'd love for to sure. anytime, anytime yep, for sure. Thank you both so much. We'll talk soon. All, All right. right. Thanks a lot. Appreciate right, it. See you guys. All right. Yep. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye. All right. Mike Peterson, Christian Ostrander. What Jamie, a night. Jamie Fissimo helping me out with that last one, that last interview, which was great. Talking to, to Mike. Mike hadn't fished a tournament in like big tournament in like 10 years. And his buddy talked him into it. He goes out there and he wins it at Clear Lake as a co. It's Amazing like riding story. a bike, bud. Amazing story. And uh yeah, super nice guy. Um this is a fun one. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh it was just uh, you know, we're we're gonna report. I felt like I was actually doing what I was what I went to college for which is uh you know digital media journalism I got to got to embed myself uh as an outsider into this you know into this really cool scene um and uh had a blast and and I was 
super stoked that we were able to get both the guys that want it. And Ryan, thanks for helping me out. Joel, I'm always happy to help out. Well, you're my boy, Blue. You're my boy, Blue. Big thanks, as always, Coyote Bait and Tackle, Stage Stop Gun Shop, Phoenix Rods, G-Rat Baits this month, Lawrence Rios, and our man Rick over at Delta Limits. Uh, he's also going to be donating a shirt in your size that he will send to you, whoever <laughs> wins our Merit Award this month. I hope he's got a double XL because I'm putting in for that. <laughs> We're on the Patreon. Get on the Patreon and uh, you can win that stuff. We appreciate all the, the guys that are helping us out on Patreon um, and, and girls, guys and gals uh, that are helping us out. Uh, the Fisher people. It's pretty It's pretty sweet, man. And uh, definitely being able to, to pay for all the stuff here, get some stuff for giveaways, um, upgrading some equipment. So... It's kind of what we're doing, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. And, and thanks for all the uh, all the support, the the comments. You know, it's like I did see a couple people at the tournament that were like, "Oh, you're you know that you're that guy." And I get you know what I get a lot. Oh, you're on that you're on that Ryan Cook podcast, right? I'm like, oh yeah, that's me. <laughs> I swear to God, I was in Coyote. I was in Coyote, and I was like, oh yeah, the Ryan Cook fishing podcast. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, dude, that's me. It's a great podcast. Stoked to be a part of it. <laughs> but anyway um, that's that's not that, that that can't be true i swear i swear to you it's true mickey was right there you can talk to mickey he was right there but uh the ryan cook podcast dude i don't i don't know how to that, do anything other than open ryan, up a laptop and, say and, and turn a microphone like, on. you're on that like ryan cook podcast <laughs> like yeah it's dope yeah and genius. usually diana has to help me with turning on the laptop to be honest with you well you always end up making it work we haven't had any. Uh, we haven't had any serious like technical difficulties in a while. No, it's been nice. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and thanks to Art Spearpoint Hooks. Um, we love you, Art. We love you, Art. Uh, we got some Spearpoint Hooks going out to, every, to to the Merit Award winner this month as well. It'd be a cool little uh, little package. So just one this month. You're not going to get spoiled. We're not doing two. We're just going to do one this month. Uh, and. I believe that's it. I hope you guys are out there getting them. Get on these fish and uh, tag us in your photos so I can I can share them because I know there's going to be some straight up belly shirt younders out there. So of course big, you know tag Obadi, but if you want to tag me too, big old muffin well. toppers. That's right. That's right. And I think that's it, Ryan Cook. Guys and gals, keep fishing. We love you. Thanks for listening, and we will be back next week. We got a good one next week. Ho ho ho. I'm excited. I'm excited too. Bye, everybody.